Hey, so what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who who do I have next to me here? Sup, it's Devin here, like always, Paranoid Coder. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going pretty well, man. It's going well. How's it going for you? It's good, good. Like always, life's moving fast, but we're here. I'm excited. Exactly. Got a ton of good topics. Exactly. Too and, many. And speaking of excitement, we also have a exciting guest on here. Does our guest want to introduce himself? Yeah, I'm uh, Demetrius, also known as Modern Vintage Gamer. You can call me MVG on this uh, stream there, Mr. Mario. But um, great to be here, guys. Uh, big fan of the uh, the show and your channel. And uh, yeah, it's awesome to be here. We've got so many awesome topics to go through tonight, so I'm really excited about it. We truly do. And, and thank you for that. No, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your channel as well, too. I initially got into your channel from... Uh, it was the video that like you initially did that blew up. It was about the original Xbox or it was like the, was it the original Xbox is still awesome either 2017 or 2018. What year was that? 2017. And uh, okay. I, I guess I need to go back and uh, update it for this year. But um, yeah, that, that video just absolutely killed it. And, you know, I don't really know why it did, but um, there's so many uh, fantastic and amazing memories of the original Xbox that I have. And, you know, obviously there's so many people out there that share the same sentiment as I do. And it really got people, um, their, you know, their nostalgia and uh, all back together again. So it was an awesome video to make. I really enjoyed putting it together. I believe it. What, uh, but before we get into this, just in case there's anybody who uh, does not know who you are, uh, I guess, uh, where do I mean, obviously, you have a channel, all that, but uh, what is your specialty? What all do you do? Yeah, my channel is a tech um, channel, really revolving around retro. Um, there's a bit of modern stuff in there, and um, but generally speaking, it's a 816, 32 bit, um, sometimes later than that. Um, retro tech channel where I like to really dive into the hardware and um, tear things apart and take you through what things look like uh, internally. And but there's always a emphasis or a focus on the gaming side. So you know, I love playing games. I was a gamer when I grew up um, in my teenage years and when I was a kid, and I still play games today. So you know, if I'm going to show something on my channel, there's always going to be some games that I want to show off as well. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of fun, you know. There's uh, there's a lot of things going on. I got a lot of things in the pipeline. So um, if anyone out there is not um, checked out my channel, please go check it out. It's uh, yeah, you, hopefully you'll like it. Yes, and he is his channel is down below in the description if you're checking this out on YouTube. So awesome, feel free to check this out. Uh, by the way, I just want to say, uh, Mod Shop, thank you so much for the five dollar donation already, dude. Coming through, this guy always, always comes through. Yeah, much appreciated. <laughs> I mean. It's going to become too much of a regular thing if you don't do it next time. It's going to be weird, right? I mean, gee. I know, I know. <laughs> Just kidding. Thanks. I know, man. Thanks no, so much. Nobody man. has to donate, but we always yeah. appreciate it. So, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Anyways, y'all uh, want to get to these topics here? Yeah, man. We've got a big list to get through, so let's... Uh... We do. We do. No time to dilly-dally. Yeah. Our first one, we're going to be talking about the first topic that is here that is a uh, fused jelly. So what are you all thinking on this so far? Well, I mean, do we want to kind of address just the big floodgates? Absolutely. And even though, like, we're so we're checking out this article on Wololo about it, I'm totally cool just kind of fast forwarding down to April 2018, where there was the day, the hacksing day, where everything blew up. And Sermits, thank you for the $10 donation. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> this is early on the stream. Yeah. Much appreciated. Glad to see so many people popping in so quick. Jeebus. It's going to be a good stream. People okay. know. Hopefully, hopefully people know what's going on <laughs> we woke oh yeah yeah 
this is this is definitely the, the one to be at. So it's good to have everyone here, and thanks for being so supportive. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, which one of you wants to take this one? Talking about what happened that that fateful April day, like almost shortly after mod chat. <laughs> well, I don't. Uh, I mean, I almost want to like. What what were you guys? What happened? What were you guys doing? Did you guys well, like kind of was, follow was what was going on? Coming back to the U.S., so uh, I was kind of out of pocket for a while. So when I kind of landed in Dallas, um, I kind of checked my phone, and there was all this um, excitement and all these posts going on about you know the switch being hacked and everything. So I kind of missed the window a little bit. So I think one of you guys should really kind of cover it because I kind of got in a little bit later. So. I mean, I'm cool. I'll, I'll, here, I'll, I'll go like just kind of my perspective on sure. it. Sure. Um, I, I had remember I was going through Twitter and basically I can't remember who I saw, but basically one person was like, "Well, if everyone's already going to be leaking things, I might as well just release my work in progress thing I have now." And I was just like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean <laughs> everybody's already and like faster than I could even look and find the things that other people were talking about? It seemed that new stuff was rolling out." So, what was the date? Do you? Uh, do we have like a date when everything kind of busted well, wide open? It, it, it's saying right here, you know, just looking at this. So uh, around April 23rd, a dump of the Tegra boot ROM was published anonymously on the intertubes. That data in itself wasn't useful for the end user, but skilled hackers could use it to start looking for the vulnerabilities that had been secretly used by the three hacking teams. This in regards to... Uh, fail overflow, reswitch, and executor. Right. Uh, this was big, and I made the assumption it could part, uh, precipitate some of the carefully planned releases, but that was not an exploit yet. It just made it easier for lots of people to start looking for one. However, that leak triggered a bunch of follow-up releases from various sources. Some hackers started sharing scripts to help debugging the boot ROM with popular reverse engineering tools, among other things. Then less than 24 hours after the boot ROM leak, an anonymous source shared details of the recovery mode exploit used by fail overflow, research, and as far as we know, team executor. So they end up posting about this in a paste bin, and they said the cat was out of the bag. And this is the effect, and this had the effect of a bomb. Immediately, Reswitched Kay Timken released her work along with a detailed write-up on the vulnerability, quickly followed by Fail Overflow. Fail Overflow stated that they actually had secret plans to release all of their work on April 25th due to their disclosure policy. Kay Timken revealed that the planned date for the Fuse Jelly exploit was June 15th. The releases also confirmed that these hacking groups had been using the exact same vulnerability. For us regular people, it was an epic discovery to see how easily one can boot the Nintendo Switch in recovery mode and how that could then be leveraged to load unsigned code onto the device. So April 24th mm -hmm. was when this happened. Yeah, no doubt. And it was, like I had mentioned, a lot of this sparked out of like one big leak and a lot of people just kind of were triggered off of it. Yeah. And even at, at like this message here on that, uh, that pastebin that you just mentioned at the end here, it says, you know, uh, they kind of go into the details on what it is they're doing. You know, um, even here it says switch needs to needs volume up pressed and the Joy-Con pin shorted, uh, which we have more details on probably a little bit later that we'll get into. Yeah, and even says two reswitched fail overflow switch brew names basically all the major teams and says reminder real hackers hack in silence. You all suck. Game over. It's a pretty bold statement. <laughs> bang bang shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> bang bang. Blow it down a little bit there. I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, um I saw a lot of this unfolding and so far like it hasn't ended in a disaster. We're actually seeing some really cool stuff. Um, 
but it did make me a little worried. It's like, man, this scene has like started out so well. I would really hate for people to get really salty and for some people to, you know what I mean? End up getting uh, pissed off and quit or offended or get some of their stuff, you know, leaked and, you know, have some adverse side effects. Um, but from what I see here, nothing has been leaked. No. Yeah. No other code has been maliciously stolen. But it was more like almost like a, you know, whether it was actually communicated among the, the teams or not it seems kind of like that there was a kind of like a, a nonverbal agreement like let's not all leak this stuff until it's more mature mm -hmm. or release it or whatever right, right. and somebody kind of went rogue you know i don't think it's gonna it's going to deter anyone away in fact i think right now um coming up with a solution that is persistent is really the next step and whoever kind of comes out of the gate with that solution where you don't have to keep rejigging your switch every time to get the exploit to boot um, is really going to be, um, you know, the 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 leader, I guess, of, of whoever's whoever's working on that. So I think everyone is still in it big time to to get to get there first. I think right now it's 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 more than a proof of concept. There's no doubt about that. But there's still some work to be done in order to get to the next level. So I think it'll be very exciting. Absolutely, because you you still need. I mean, we we have complete access on it, but you still need that kind of soft booting method to get in there mm -hmm. so you're doing that exploit it's not like you just have this on boot unfortunately with you know no other effort like if there's like a psp or ps3 custom firmware you still mm -hmm. have to go through those few steps so and i don't want to get too deep into this just yet because we'll be talking about it a little bit later sure. but just based on some wording because we haven't seen an actual product you know in our own hands it seems like team executor might actually have something persistent yes and we so, will be talking about that later right. on like we have to talk about it so <laughs> Yeah, I'm interested in that discussion. <laughs> so just, just like a lot of this, I think I, I don't think people realize how far along people were with this being able to work on you know this this uh, this jig and you know the recovery mode exploits and whatnot. I don't think people realize how far along we were until it all started coming out. Um, so who knows? We may be closer to a persistent custom firmware than we realize. Mm -hmm. But before we get, I mean, so how do we want to tackle this? There was a lot that came out. We have some topics in here. Do we want to give the viewers? or listeners, a quick overview of this whole thing. Because we have a few points laid out, but I don't want to get too deep into the topics without kind of laying out maybe... No, no, no. I, I think that's a good idea. MVG, what about you? Yeah, go for it, man. I think it's a, I think it's an awesome idea to, to, to basically give everyone an overview of, of what's been going on for sure. So yeah, there is a, there's a lot of developments. There's a lot of things. We're not going to cover them all. This is going to be probably really layman. If either of you two guys have something to put in, uh, some input on this, please just talk over me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> we'll try and kind of break down, you know, from uh, start to finish the steps that it takes and kind of the, the, you know, the general overview of being able to, you know, hack any switch on any firmware, any model that's out right now. Yeah. Um, so essentially, like we've kind of mentioned already, it all starts with this jig that you can uh, buy online or you can make yourself. Mm -hmm. And it really, all you need is a piece of metal. So a paper clip or something like that will work. Um, and these jigs that you buy online are 3D printed and they already have this metal installed in the proper place. Um, if you buy a 3D printed jig, you have the benefit of being able to just slide it into the Joy-Con railing, the right one to be specific. And if you essentially short out the uh, first or the 10th pin at the bottom of the Joy-Con railing. It pins nine and 10. It's one in 10. It's one in 10? also do nine and 10. Um, and I didn't oh, mean really? to interrupt, but 
I've got my little uh, ghetto jig here, which is just a piece of tinfoil, and it's bridging nine. And yeah, because both of you two have done wow. it. I haven't done it yet. I ordered my jigs, though. Yeah, I, I ordered my jig as well, but I kind of got, got a little impatient waiting for it to get delivered. So I just thought I'd just, you know, do the tinfoil trick. And the, the tinfoil trick actually works pretty well. So, well, um, I'll have to look into the tinfoil trick. Maybe we can talk offline a little because I did a paperclip <laughs> and I, uh, I, uh, I got it lined up once. And it's kind of hard to see because the pins are really small. Um, I did get to do it. It's kind of a frustrating experience where if you don't get it, then it boots up and you have to wait to power down. And I did it several times, but that is interesting. I had not heard that nine and 10 works. Yeah. So no, that was, that was the initial one here. I even have it up on screen cool. showing what fail overflow had shown with this, which they jokingly, it, 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 there's a true, but it's pretty tongue in cheek. It's saying, you know, switch X pro compatible with all firmware versions, SARLess technology, no disassembly required. Right. Yeah. So they had this up on here. And also they said, this is available at your local hardware store. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I do believe the jigs that people are buying, they're all uh, hitting pins one and 10 from That's what correct. I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. The, one, the ones I'm getting, yes, they are because um, it uses a paperclip. Right. Right. So uh, a couple different ways to get it, but essentially you're shorting out these pins where the Joy-Con connects to the switch. So you're taking off your right Joy-Con, you hook up your jig uh, while your switch is powered off. And then if you power it on by holding the volume up and power button and everything is lined up correctly, you will not see anything actually it will be a black screen and you'll be in recovery mode so if you don't see the boot logo if you don't see it booting up you're good and then essentially you use uh fuse jelly am i saying that right fuse jelly yeah fuse jelly that's appropriate <laughs> so you uh run fuse jelly you can use a web launcher that's already hosted on a number of websites um hopefully maybe we can provide some kind of a link mm -hmm. um you uh upload a payload to this website uh that essentially is kind of launched on your phone i don't or not your phone your switch i don't know the exact technical details there of how everything works but you run a payload from your computer on your phone or even an android device i don't know if anyone's tried you, that you need some I, device that can push a payload to your switch right it's an rcm mode right. right so you used an android phone i use my phone and my switch and i just use a usb c oh. cable and it works fine in fact um yeah. i'm gonna be making a video on it uh, at some point just kind of showing you how i did it so yeah awesome that is so easy. awesome yeah it's, that's it's really cool easy because you know when I saw the the exploit, um, and then I heard that you know any switches is exploitable, I thought you know what I'm going to try this myself and see how see really see how difficult this is or how easy this is, and it's it's trivial, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean whether you use your phone uh, or you know a PC or something like that, you load this payload and uh, you basically get a couple options where you can boot into what's currently a pretty rudimentary custom firmware that um, I don't know if there's anything much more. Uh, on the one that I used other than homebrew launcher support, but um, and which one did you use? Ah, uh, I can't remember. Was it Hikate? I think so. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's what I used as well. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting for atmosphere. It's, so that, that was like the, the forked version that was like uh firmware 5.0 compatible with the homebrew launcher. So there were some slight modifications that needed to be made to make it compatible with more modern firmwares. But yeah, that was the one I used. Mm -hmm. Um, so as we'll get into here shortly, there's some other uh, custom firmwares in development. There's even a, a few other uh, Fuse Jelly, I believe, was not only like the web launcher, but is also like kind of the uh, the bootloader uh, for this whole thing, I believe. Yep. So there's a few bootloaders, a few custom firmwares in the works. Uh, well, we're gonna try to cover some of them here in the show. Yes, yeah. But that is kind of the gist of everything. That's how we are. Um, the, the 
you know, custom firmware, whatever you boot into, uh, whatever payload you run will persist over sleep. So you can, you know, you know, hit the power button on your switch, come back to it, it should be good. Mm -hmm. But if your switch dies or you power it off completely, you will have to reinitiate the, the, the custom firmware currently. My experience is a little flaky. Um, and, oh, man. and that's that's something that, you know, we'll we'll definitely get fixed over time, but it's it it works, I'll say eighty five percent of the time, but there's that one one mm -hmm. percent where you just have to rejig the whole thing again and, and make it right. work. So my, my thing is, uh, you know, because we were talking about a solution, you know, without the payload and such, that's what I'm looking forward to uh, because I'm very much a person who I, I hate sleep mode and hibernate and all that stuff. I want my stuff on or off. I don't want it in standby mode. Is that just because you're a Windows user? And you've been scarred from sleep no, mode for years? I, no, not even that. <laughs> on Windows, I actually, I don't use sleep mode. I use hibernate if I have to, but that's on any device. Sure, I just, just notice, you know, you'll run into issues and such if you keep your stuff in sleep mode or in standby mode all the time. So I prefer to just have my stuff off if possible. Yeah. Sometimes this MacBook hits a month without turning off. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, this is something weird about game consoles though. You know, when you put them in sleep mode um, and you kind of got a game playing, Sometimes when you come back to them, they just, you know, the frame rate cuts in half and there's always some issue, you know, so. You get memory the, leaks and all that other stuff yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Or I your think switch has cooked itself. The only, oh yeah, <laughs> that happened with, yep, that happened. The, um, the only time I on purpose was keeping things in standby mode was one, um, one summer I was living somewhere where I had two and a half meg down and up. And with these game consoles and they're like six or eight gigabyte updates, it was taking me about an hour to download a gigabyte. So I had to keep them downloading my updates and stuff while I was sleeping and while I was at work just so I could use them when I got off work. <laughs> hey, man, sleep is a necessary evil in the state of age sometimes. Yeah, I'm with you, Mr. Murray. I'm not a fan. Never have been. <laughs> Yeah, I, I bite the bullet sometimes and put my thing through sleep mode for like a month, but you know, every once in a while, it's not perfect. Yeah, but should we uh, should we go ahead and like kind of get into the meat of everything now that we've gotten the overview out of the way? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, I'm gonna leave it up to you. You kind of pick off. We kind of chipped away at some of this. So sure. So I mean, initially, what was it? This was we're grabbing this for Max console here, and this is in regards to. Uh, Fuse Jelly being released, which this is what we discussed and such already a little bit, but I just kind of want to briefly touch up on a bit more of a official thing here, I guess you can say. Let me go ahead and find it as well, too. And this was, you know, the, the screenshot that was shared from Kate Timken showing, you know, everything booting up and such. Team uh, Reswitch developer. By yes. The way, so. Yes. Um, but no, this was when she ended up releasing this. It was initially, as we said, supposed to be released on June 15th, 2018, but it came out much, much earlier. And this was, correct me if I'm wrong, the reason why I'm kind of touching up on this is because this is where the jig came from, where I believe in this PDF, she did document and say, hey, this is how you are able to get into RCM. This is the button combination you need, and you can solve this by creating this 3D printed little jig. You might be right. I think, I think that's correct. I'm not gonna like, you know. Don't quote me on it. I'm quoting you on it. Don't quote you on it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's right. Okay. But no, this is a really well documented PDF. I mean, it's actually kind of interesting. I haven't really um, 
read through all of it. But I haven't dug into it because there's just been so much. Yeah, I know. It's, it, but it's really interesting, actually. I want to actually go through. I'm not going to understand half of it, but I'd love to go through and actually really get into the nitty gritty of this because it's got a ton of stuff, really low level hardware stuff, memory oriented things. Um, it's really cool to see. And this is the kind of stuff that I think is really good. Um, I really like to see the scene coming out, um, even if there is a little bit of drama with leaks and stuff like that, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to see this like super well documented stuff, and not people in some silo that have like all the domain knowledge. Absolutely. Yep. So yep. siloing knowledge is bad. Yeah. The other releases I want to get to as well too on here were. Let me see. I'll go ahead and share this. This is for Fuse Jelly. You know the official GitHub. This is where it was released. And Fuse Launcher. It's saying Fuse Launcher is a proof of concept arbitrary code loader for a variety of Tegra processors, which takes advantage of CVE-2018-6242 to gain arbitrary code execution and load small payloads over USB. And it's talking about, you know, how to launch it and all that other stuff. But the other thing is we've talked about this quite a bit, um, Fuse Jelly here. The other thing that was also released, you know, as we mentioned for Fail Overflow, was there, now, now how, how am I supposed to say this? Shoffle 2? Yeah, I, that that's I how I'm gonna say. Trying to figure out how to pronounce these words. Shuffle, <laughs> shuffle, shuffle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in short, this is a uh, this is their boot rom exploit that was mentioned, uh, as well as a Linux loader. Now, I do like the disclaimer here, which says if your switch catches fire or turns into an ouya, it's not our fault. Yeah. It's stupidly easy to blow up embedded platforms like this with bad software. Example: all uh, voltages are software controlled. We already caused temporary damage to one LCD panel with bad power sequencing code. Seriously, do not complain if something goes wrong. On the other hand, this exploit probably works on the OUYA. Right. <laughs> so with that kind of disclaimer, I don't know if you want to try it, but you could. Uh, but yeah, that's because the OUYA has like NVIDIA hardware in it and has apparently the same kind of exploits. Mm-hmm. But um, so what this is, just to try and keep everyone in check, because I know I got confused. This is essentially, so you have Fuse Jelly, which is a bunch of files uh, and a boot ROM exploit that you'll put on your Switch's SD card, and that's what um, that's what loads when RCM when you boot into RCM mode, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Then, right. Okay. And then there's the Fuse Jelly launcher, which is like a web app or a Python program that then deploys the payload. And then there's Shoff L two, which is separate from both of those, and it's a replacement boot ROM exploit. Mm-hmm. And this is particularly targeted towards a Linux loader, essentially. Yes. Yeah, that's the way that I've always understood it as well. It's kind of fail overflows, um, you know, version of the same exploit, but it's booting into a Linux-based um, environment. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you were saying, you were warning people that because of that, they might not want to use it. But, but Devin, you might want to use it. Wait, when did I say that? I think you said it just like about a minute or two ago when I was talking about the, the oh, disclaimer oh, I said there. on the Ouya. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, on the Ouya. Okay, I was thinking just in regards to not using this, but no, I was no, going to no. say, I know you, you might have been joked if you said that, but the reason why you could use it, or you should, is because you can use a Linux loader to load up Dolphin yeah. on your Switch, Yeah. which is what we're showing right here. So Clever people, segue. people have gotten Dolphin running on here. Uh, because people were joking about, you know, playing GameCube games. And then there were several people that showed evidence. And they're like, yeah, we didn't really tweak too much. And we're getting games to run about 20 to 25 frames a second with pretty much low to no optimization. Right. So <laughs> I can't remember how many episodes ago, but we did show off um, 
basically a demo I believe it was from Fail Overflow where they were running Linux and running the KDE desktop environment. Yes. And it was like, I mean, it's a full-fledged desktop on your Switch, mm-hmm. which means, uh, I can't remember, do you know if the Switch is 64-bit? Do either of you know? Yeah. I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, 64-bit. Okay. That means every single modern Linux application can run on this, including yes. every emulator. And with the advent of... Uh, uh, a lot of the Raspberry Pi stuff, I, I think emulation has been doing pretty well. Yes, and, and and since you said the emulator thing, one thing I wanted to mention is because you can take your Switch and you can run Linux on it, and then you can run emulators that are designed for Linux. You can run Yuzu, a Switch emulator, on the Switch. Oh, man. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> I had not thought about it. It's that. been demonstrated. There's a photo that I'm showing on screen right now. <laughs> yes, someone took the Switch, and they used Shuffle 2, to launch Linux and then play, like load up user okay. through that. I know this is unprofessional, but for technical reasons, I can't see your screen on my computer. Oh, okay. Let me... No, no, no. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. That is fantastic. It's like some uh, Inception type deal going on here. We're just going lazy. No, I love it. God, I love it. Switchception. Switchception. <laughs> if we had. Name. titles like dedicated titles that were a little less descriptive that would totally be the title perfect yeah well you know what if i turn my computer into a switch emulator i bet the thing wouldn't bend or bake itself true so maybe it would be a better switch than my switch yeah <laughs> sorry for your luck my it's goodness all, uh, it's all good i got my switch back by the way everyone i got my switch back is it bent no really yes you, you look so happy. I know. I missed it. I legitimately <laughs> missed it. Dude, it's I had to, just, just I had, in time too, right? Yeah. I had to send it back twice this time around because yeah. the first time they didn't fully fix the issue. So I had to send it back again. I had to send it to, to Redmond, to actual Nintendo HQ this time because don't know. Oh, man. I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you. This is the best time to get into it. So hopefully they at least, you know, will survive you at least getting your jig so you can experiment. Well, that one I'm going to stay, I'm going to keep untouched because I have two two switches. So my 3.0 switch is going to be the one that I'm going to jig up and stuff. And that one's in perfect condition. No. I know. And then (laughs) we we talked and I think... (laughs) I'm going to look at prices and just compare just because I, I don't know. But like now I'm having a hard time figuring out what Switch to buy for my second console. I think you should just go out and buy a second Switch so you could at least have the pleasure of, you know, when you wake up and you're about to leave and you need to take a Switch with you, you could be like, you know what? I don't feel like taking this Switch with me. I'm going to take the other one with me today. <laughs> you know, True. I, I think it's pretty fair to say that... Um, having two switches you know one for homebrew and emulators and and uh, hacked firmware is um you know is one and then another one that's kind of stuck because i think it's a pretty good assumption that nintendo are taking a lot of notice on what's going on right now and um may they may not be able to um fix the hardware issue in this particular revision of the hardware but you damn well know they're going to um, start uh, blacklisting and, and doing what they can really to to get um, consoles offline. So uh, I think it's a good idea having a backup switch just in case. 
And, oh yeah, and not only just for the switch. I mean, we're—I I would say this because we're talking about it now. But this has been something that's been for all systems. Um, really, last generation people got really spoiled because you were able to take your modded PS3s and 360s, and even you know the 3DS and the Vita and PSP online. Um, I know I'm mixing up gens there a little bit, but you were able to do all that stuff. Uh, but even from the beginning, like it's—it's it's always been recommended. Like if you if you want online. And you want your hacks, get two systems. The hacked version stays offline. The legit version stays online and stays fully updated. And if you're one of those people that says, I only want hacks, then you only need one system. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And my my belief is, too, also, when you're... Because a lot of people also do this and they complain when they get banned. And my belief is, if you are going to put your main stuff with your account that you spent $2,000 on on your modified system and you're taking it on that closed network... It's it's not your call at that point. You're choosing to risk a ban there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And on top of all that, um, I don't think we have anything kind of in our list of topics here about this. Um, so I don't want to dive too deep into it. I don't uh, have all the facts or as much as I even would like, really. But there has been rumors that there is like evidence of a Switch hardware revision already kind of like being in the works. There's, oh, man, oh, it, yeah. has be, it has to There's be. Code names that have leaked out. So... That this is really where, like, yeah, I've kind of made the decision, like, within this month, even probably the next two weeks, maybe probably even real more realistic, more realistically week, I have to decide whether I want to get a 3.0 switch or not. Yeah. Because the reality is that they're, well, I think 5.0 is going to be very well supported. Um, there was still like a struggle to get homebrew launcher working on 5.0. Right. So there still is differences. I I was telling Devin my my belief, unless you're really willing to pay out of the nose for it, just go out, get a used switch. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say used earlier, but I just said like go out and get a switch just now. <laughs> yeah. No. And that'll be a decision too. Do I want used or do I want new and fancy? Because used would probably be fine, but used will be fine. Yeah. I don't know. Probably should move on, but you know which is we so passionate. Oh about man. Switch. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> These are good problems to have. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, our next topic, uh the the one we have up here, I have not utilized this. I'm quite sure both of you have though at least in some yeah. capacity. So Sounds like I'd, it. Yeah, I'd I, be more I, trusting if one of you all took this topic. For sure, man. Do you go I, for I've, it? Done deep, I've done a deep dive into this. So, um I I kind of awesome. really into this whole thing. In fact, yesterday. So, yesterday for some reason I decided that I was going to download the um the uh open source uh, software development kit called DevKit Pro and just compile up a couple of switch apps and see how the whole process works and what's involved and how many hoops that you have to jump through in order to get this stuff to work and um, DevKit Pro, which has been out for a long time, it's obviously worked for 3DS and GameCube and Wii and um, the old kind of older Nintendo systems, which is the um, software development kit that Wintermute has developed for such a long time. I mean, that thing is established and um, that works really, really well with the Switch. So what I actually did, um, this is like an exclusive on this podcast for you guys. So Ooh, I compiled oh, yeah. up, um, I don't know if you can see that very well, I compiled up Outrun uh, on the Switch. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I got this up and running in about, I'll say about four or five hours yesterday. So Very nice. If anyone was kind of, anyone's a developer and they want to know, you know, how hard is it to get apps to work or homebrew to work? 
it's pretty trivial because the tools are there, guys. So um, now, while I will say that a lot of things um, still aren't working, like the touch support's not working and there's obviously um, other things that still aren't working in the library, I mean, they're going to come for sure. So, um, you know, there's there's so much excitement with with the homebrew and the emulators on the Switch right now. And you kind of alluded to that before with the Linux stuff. But, um, you know, the tools are there and, um, you know, it's really just a matter of people downloading them and, and starting to play around with them. I mean, I was, I was quite surprised how easy it was to get some stuff up and running on the Switch. And I think that really make a lot of people especially developers uh interested in getting into the homebrew and emulation side so you know i think that the um the hecate whatever you want to call it, the, the the fork they've got there is is really good and i think it's just going to continue to improve over time yeah no doubt um a few number of episodes ago now like i think it might be a couple more than a few um when reswitch kind of did their first big release um it was very obvious that the focus on development tools and ease of development for anyone, you know, with uh, homebrew emulators and a good solid library uh, out of the gate, this, you know, I, I think the sky is the limit here. For sure. Um, yeah. The amount of stuff that is just coming out so early, um, that's pretty phenomenal that you're able to port that over just seemingly like, I mean, obviously four or five hours is an investment, but doesn't sound like you broke your back doing it. Definitely not. So. And, you know, I and I, I was a little strategic because I know that um, th this is actually Cannonball, which is the kind of outrun engine, uh, and you just basically feed it the the main um, outrun ROMs, and it basically just works. I I know this code compiles up really cleanly on a lot of different environments, so I kind of picked it strategically as one that I knew that was going to compile as fast as possible. And really, I was just trying to see how much time I had to fight with um, just the development tools in order to get this to work. But it actually was really, really seamless and, and a, a very smooth transition. So, you know, that's very encouraging for people that want to develop homebrew for the Switch and because um, it's, it's a very easy path to, to get things to work. And it's because now a lot of these scenes, they're wanting that the developers who are working on all this stuff, they want the toolkits to be available to these people, um, to any homebrew developers, because they know that's how it's going to be. Like if you give developers such as yourself or Devin the proper toolkits and everything to work with, some really awesome stuff will come out. Um, if not, you know, people are going to have to find some ill-gotten software development kits and mess around with it. They're going to have a little bit more trouble and the main focus will more just kind of shift over to piracy because it's exactly. like, oh, what can we do? Play games. What about the homebrew? Not so much, which we're, we are going to discuss this later on in regards to the PS4. Uh, but that's one thing I've been really disappointed with, with like the PS4 4.55 stuff, for example, when I updated and did everything, I was like, yeah, the process is cleaner, but there's... At the time I did it, I was like, there's like literally two pieces of homebrew I can find. Right. Yeah. I mean, One of them it, being a test app. <laughs> when it comes down to it, I mean, it's just becomes too many barriers for entry, right? One is there's not something official, um, which if it's not official means there's going to be very little documentation because Sony or Nintendo own that documentation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're going to be kind of flying by the seat of your pants or looking for a third party documentation. Now, on top of that, we've talked about this before in a previous show. Uh, if you use an SDK that was like maybe leaked from one of these companies like Nintendo or Sony, your your binaries that you compile with that are technically not legal. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah. So that is just yet another barrier of entry where someone's just like, look, you want me to, why, why would I go to this thing, make this app, 
with some undocumented SDK that could get me in legal trouble, especially when we have like stuff like mobile phones that have like these crazy fleshed out SDKs. I mean, we live in a different time now. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Uh, Ghost Mirror asked the question in the chat, does it compile GCC? The answer is yes. So it's all GCC based and CMake based. So if you're familiar hey. with those types of compilers, um, you'll, you should be able to uh, get your head around the what? switch development stuff. Lily, not now. Aww. Which is pretty awesome. So that means it's going to be very well supported on pretty much all platforms. So, Chill. And we got Lily in the house. Lily in the house. Lily literally in the house. Yeah, she's just kind of coming over. Smacking her butt against my chair and moving me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, kind of coming back to the actual, uh, what we were, the, the release that we were talking about. Um, Hikate, I don't know. But I don't know. I, I say Hikate. Hikate. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's like a. Uh, I believe this is a bootloader as well as a kind of payload, like you know, custom firmware-ish thing. Yeah. That, uh, um, that that's what I'm seeing. At least I haven't used it myself yet. But um, so it's kind of based on some of the work that the Atmosphere team has done, and even here, maybe see this is another thing that swayed my decision. Um, they say don't upgrade to 5.0.x for this. Really, please don't. It's not worth it. Wait for proper atmosphere, which will be a hundred times better. Well, and the thing is with this is that this one was compiled specifically for 5.0.x. Correct. So, so um, I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know if there's a lot of benefits to 3.0. Um, there's everyone has been saying the lower the better. Well, yeah, yeah. I think that's just a general rule of thumb when you're talking about hacking. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but you know the scene is moving so quick; it's hard to honestly tell. Right now, all the information. I, I did want to ask you all because I know you had messed with this, um, both of you. But uh, the only switch hacking I have done has been um, on my 3.0.0 switch, where you have to run it all through, you know, the DNS server and all that stuff, and launch it that way. Now it looks like the methods of launching here are much cleaner and faster and more reliable. Yep. But it looks like the homebrew support and stuff is still just about the same. They're like, we were trying some emulators and just, you know, low frame rates, games not working too well, blah, blah, blah. And that does that seem to be about the same right now in terms of the just the homebrew that's currently out? Um, I do not know. I did not run any homebrew. I got okay. into the homebrew launcher earlier today. Okay, which the homebrew launcher is fine. That's yeah. been stable. Yeah. Um, my answer to that is I don't really know either. So um, I've played with the homebrew launcher, but I haven't actually looked at any other emulators. I kind of just got the development kit and just went crazy myself to see what would happen. <laughs> um, now, the thing that I just showed you is actually running on five. So my stuff's kind of running pretty okay on, on five at the moment, but um, I'm going to start looking at what's out there and, and seeing what, what's out there and, and how it all works because I'm kind of interested in that as well. Yeah, because in all reality, I mean, I've been saying this from the beginning, the Switch is like the best emulation machine possible. You can get all those going and stable. Oh, man. Yeah, that that'd, so be cool. nice. that'd be cool. I don't know. We're going to talk about the PS4. I've still got... Mm -hmm. uh, I guess we're talking about it from a portable standpoint. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. We, we, from a we, standpoint, yeah, it's untouchable for sure. Yeah. From a quality foreshadowing standpoint. True. <laughs> <laughs> PS4 still looks good. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. Do either of you guys really have a whole lot more to say on this? Essentially, this is just another release in the mass amount of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not that we're underplaying it. It's just there's so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I think I think the takeaway... Guys, we're not even halfway done with our list. <laughs> more content for you all. Yeah, I mean, the takeaway here is um, there's so much more coming, and it's going to come fast. So, yep. you know, everything we're talking about today may just be completely obsolete, like, next week. Uh, maybe even, like, by Friday. I don't even know yet. So... Um, I think you'll well, find there's going to be so much activity and movement over the next couple of weeks. And it's exciting. I mean, based, on, you know. based on the fact that the last episode we did was on April 18th and then April 23rd yeah. and 24th, all of this stuff happened. Then yeah, that is say, completely true. That literally happened last episode. So, yeah. yeah, I believe it. No, I started. <laughs> we started documenting all this stuff very, like very early. We were doing this mid-April because yeah. we had to. <laughs> it was um, pretty awesome. So yeah, here's to hopefully another good month. But honestly, yeah, I don't know if we can. Month. Let's I don't know see. if we can. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't know. Drink if we water. Can... This water. <laughs> yeah, this cup. Right. I don't know if we can uh, keep up with this every month, though. Oh no. No. So... <laughs> no. So here, here's two more Switch stuff coming out. But yes. you know, bricks are nice. Yes, bricks are nice. <laughs> And speaking of breaks, that doesn't really have much to do with this, but we do have an article from Kotaku, which I don't believe we've ever had them featured on here. Really? I don't believe so. Huh. I don't believe so. I don't know. I find that like kind of surprising, but okay. Hmm. I guess a lot of they don't really is... cover modding news all that much. Sometimes Unless only if it's something like really that is, big. you know, really eye-catching like yeah. this. But uh, you know, the, the the title that they used here, which we're gonna go into more detail with, is Nintendo Hacker is trying to make a virtual console for his Switch. Which in short, he does he just have the front end for the SNES Classic running on here, or is it the actual SNES Classic so, stuff that's running on here? MVG, do you know for sure? From, from what I can, this article is a little um, vague, I guess, in, in the and, way it and they did it. that, and they did that for the masses, right, yeah. right. But it, um, the, you know, they talk about the the reswitch tax. So obviously, they're, he's exploiting his machine. So I kind of got the feeling that he's just coding this up with um, with you know with development tools, whether it's the um, official you know Nintendo SDK or the kind of open source ones. It's pretty hard to say, but. I kind of got the feeling that he's just coding this himself. So, um. yeah, and I haven't looked at too much of like how um, the Ooh. Super Nintendo Classic code runs, but I mean, basically, those are little Linux boxes. So, you know, there is a possibility this could be like legit software, I guess. Yeah. So, but I'm... it's not really like yeah, in this article, at least from what I had found, it's not really well defined. But it does try to like emulate I, the look at least. I just showed the video here and it's definitely like it's it's not just the Google for anybody who's watching, it's not just the Google screen share that's slowing it down. No, it, it does not perform too well. And he doesn't boot up any games leading me to believe that this is just the front end. But his dream is to have this available on here because, as you all know, this is kind of some official news related to the Switch. But Nintendo is not planning to bring a virtual console to the Switch. Yeah, not in the traditional meaning of the word. True. Um, seems like they're going to be releasing classic games under some kind of umbrella right now we and know they've already done that as well too with neo geo well yeah but like we all we're also getting you know nes games with the switch online paid service yes so, which i think is really cool that you can play those multiplayer online yeah that's pretty incredible so, which is very much so different than the traditional virtual console that we've seen aside from i guess i believe the pokemon games that were released on the 3ds actually had multiplayer um 
which was pretty cool. The, the original Pokemon games? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like online multiplayer? I don't believe so. I think okay. it was local. Um, it was local multiplayer, but you could do trades and you could do battles. Gotcha. Even though it was a virtual console. So traditionally, the virtual console is basically an emulator wrapper for a single ROM. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I would love to find more information about it. But it, right now, it's just the front end. It looks cool. Yeah, if anybody that's what it's for. listening or watching has any more information, um, any more like low-level details, definitely send it to one of us because I'd be very curious to dig into this. For sure. So we do have one more thing in regards to the Switch here. <laughs> Who wants to take this? Oh, man. <laughs> Team MVG, you sound like... You had some some opinions already. I'd I'd love to hear you kick this off. Yeah, and and MVG and I like we we kind of discussed this a little bit on Twitter, but now we get to now we get to do voice of voices. This will be fun. Yeah. Well, so Team Executors got their product, and they I think they kind of put out a video um, either today or yesterday, kind of showing it off. Um, I think, um, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but the price is thirty five dollars. Is that is that the the price to kind of trying to kind of. So that comes into another thing. So it seems that Team Executor is going to be selling two products for the Switch. The hardware and the software. Well, I guess, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So the hardware, I think, was 35 and the software was 25 was it? Mm-hmm. Like Correct, 20? yes. So that comes to a total of, what is that, like $60? Uh, no, 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 no. The, the, the pro version of this is going to be the software with the hardware. Right. Or you can buy the software alone. Oh. So technically the hardware is, if you look at here, the hardware is worth 10 bucks, but the software they're valuing at $25. Okay, I did not get that. That, that makes me feel a little bit better about the price, to be honest. Right, right. But yeah. still interesting. I don't think we've ever seen like an OS being sold separately. I haven't seen it. So like, you know, in the communities I've been in, there's been multiple times that I've seen uh, tools being sold, like software and mod tools and mod menus and such. But, and MVG, since you did Xbox stuff much earlier than I did, have you ever seen Executor monetize a OS or a BIOS or some type of firmware they did? Not really. I mean, they, they did, you know, the, the custom kind of BIOSes back in the day, but um, of course. really just kind of piggybacking off off the discoveries of um, kind of, you know, the, the, the people that kind of discovered these things. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is interesting because the software piece of this is a little unprecedented for them. They really kind of just focus on the hardware side. So... Um, you know, my opinion of this is: look, Team Execute have been around for a very long time, so they're not—they're not here for a quick uh, cash grab and then they're going to move on. I mean, these guys have been here since the beginning of time. So, but um, having said that, you know, um, one thing I will say about those guys is they're very, very good at making a product for the average Joe that doesn't want to stick uh, a paperclip down the side of their switch. And hope that you know they don't mess up their their system. Um, they've come up with a solution that kind of makes it easy for the I'll say the noob or the or the the, the person that doesn't really want to get their hands dirty too much. And uh, look, they've done that for such a long time, and they've they've kind of mastered that art form of marketing it and and getting it out to the masses and, and making money from it. So love them or hate those guys, I mean they're in they're in the game and and they're not going to go away. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what they come up with. I mean. There's kind of rumors about um, uh, 
copyrighted code that they've you know they've they've lifted from other groups and all these different really? things. So mm-hmm. okay. I think so there's we'll pretty room pretty much rumors at this point, but yeah. So so I was I was gonna say like just with team execute overall, I I do have some conflicting opinions. Um that c- compared to that just respectfully. Um and it's more I more remember them because I got in with a 360 scene and it was more they would always I knew them for releasing a chip and then releasing another revision and another revision and another revision and just kind of keep putting out these new pieces of hardware here and there with with this I don't think they're going to do it as much um it's okay to say it's a cash grab as well too because it's right. a company they're not doing it for uh for the fun of it they're not doing it for the community mm-hmm. um they are a company so they're looking to make money with, with this uh what a lot of people haven't liked however is more just the a lot of people are siding with like the straight up monetization of piracy on yep. here uh, where it shows, you know, obviously game loading. So the video that I demonstrated on here uh, for you all, um, they took a dongle that had the payload, presumably, and they popped it into the bottom of the switch. They took the jig, popped it on the side, got the console into RCM mode, and then launched their custom firmware. Their custom firmware, you know, it launched just fine, uh, except the only thing we know is that it has game loading and it should have homebrew, but we didn't have any, like the game seemed to load just fine. We didn't have any... Um, true homebrew demonstrations on there. So we don't know of those details of it all. Um, but also a lot of people just don't like the fact that, I mean, here, since you have to pay for a license for the OS, they are going to be monetizing the OS. So it's an OS that's going to be designed to, you know, boot up, play homebrew, play games, which I'm sure the free stuff is going to do, just like we've seen with anything else on there. Um, they are putting a license on there as well, too. A lot of people have really not liked that because it's like, the main focus that they're kind of saying here is going to be game piracy, of course. Um, And I don't have an opinion on that either way. I'll just be honest, but you know, they're, they're kind of putting that out there, but at the same time, then I just find it ironic at least that they are putting a license on that software. That's going to be used as well Mm -hmm. too. The main thing I see that they have down is uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, you can just use a phone if you want this portable. I don't want to hook my phone up to my Switch every yeah. time I drop the payload. I'm with you, I'm with you there, man. I, like, I, agree. I like the idea of that dongle, yeah. but mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to be reversed as well, too. And just yes. like there's there's going to be a cheap dongle that will be out. People are going to say, hey, buy this, take this bin file, flash it over. You got your payload on boot. Literally, all you need for that is uh, like a very basic Linux board that fires up as soon as you plug it in and runs a Python script mm-hmm. with a binary that's preloaded. I mean, it's small. I'll give them that. It's smaller than even like a Raspberry Pi Zero, but we're not talking about something. Uh, there, <laughs> There's not even, unless you want to get their specific software, there's not even really any reverse engineering that needs to be done here. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this to me looks a lot like the gateway 3DS of well, the Switch. <laughs> so what I was going to get into, it's interesting to see... So I remember when the Gateway 3DS really was kicking off and stuff like that when I was yeah. really first getting into the scene. Um, it it got some flack, right? Especially with the card, because people were like, this is basically, I mean, after the card, when it got like the next major update after the card. Like for 9.2? I think so. When the card wasn't used for actual game Because initially, for like a year or two, they had a big step. Like for a year or two, Gateway was the only way Right, well, that's what stuff. I'm saying. So there was originally where like the Gateway flash card was actually like pretty critical to game loading correct it and then the it basically way. like kind of slowly turned into a drm tool to help you boot into their firmware um and in the beginning like they didn't get nearly as much flack 
as Team Executor is getting right now. There was a little bit of it, but it's just like now Team Executor is releasing this. I think if they were releasing this and no one else had as much progress, people would just be like, well, we'll take what I can get. And I agree with you on that. If this was the only solution that was out for a year, then yes, I would agree with you. Right. But everything is just coming out all at once. I don't think that's going to stop Team Executor from doing what they're doing. But, you know, at the same time, like we saw with Gateway, Gateway really, you know, slowly, surprisingly, but surely lost interest in the 3DS. Literally, I think if we go to Gateway's website, they still have like their last blog post is like going to release the final beta of basically our our ARM9 loader hacks. Their initial ARM9 loader hacks is still in beta and it was shit because at that point, like breaking things, it was like Gateway was like 4.5 gateway was good and then 9.2 it was still good and then people figured out how to use the gateway software without the card and you were pretty much able to do everything which was downgrading dumping um etc except for booting into the custom firmware without the card which that's fine for the most part but then they ended up getting the bad rap when they had literally taken the arm nine loader hacks code and such that was out there and integrated it very shitty, mind you, into their software and had pretty much like undoubtedly the worst implementation mm-hmm. and install of ARM9 loader hacks. Yep. And at that point, everyone just said like, dude, screw Gateway on this. Right. And so, yeah, that's the one thing I would hate to get this this hardware, get this stuff. And then, you know, however long, you know, we have no evidence, excuse me, that this would actually happen. But it would stink to be like, look, everyone else is doing everything we're doing and better. So why <laughs> continue to invest in this? But... Uh, you know, we'll see. The product hasn't even gone out for pre-order yet, though they were saying, I believe, later this week. There, uh, no, there, there, there are, uh, there are pre-orders out. Really? I believe, yeah. Okay, well, maybe they're out now. I think earlier this week, like on Monday, they had said later in this week that they were going to be on Monday. They said uh, today yep. they announced everything. And there's a few websites where you can, um, you can nice. get all this. So, uh, I think you've definitely got a decent amount of time on it before anything happens, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Um, if Are we have... either of you guys going to pick this up? Yes, I, I'm thinking okay. about it. Uh, I, <laughs> I want to look at the product at least and 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 see how well it works. I mean, you kind of touched on it before. Um, you know, I can load a payload from my phone, but I'd rather just have a little USB thing I just plug into my Switch and and get it. You know, for me, if I'm going to um, write homebrew on this thing, um, I'm going to be rebooting this thing constantly. Yep. You know, putting new executables on there. So I want to get this thing up and running as quickly as possible. Yep. And at the end of the day, if the executor product gives me that feature, then I'm, that's what I'm going to go with, you know, that's- ultimately. Now, you did mention the licensing thing with the software. I, I wasn't actually aware of that. So that's something that's kind of new new, new to me, at least. And um, that is interesting. And, you know, it's it's a little, you know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it, but... Um, yeah, they also it, kind of see what they're trying to do as well. You know, they want to definitely want to monetize the whole thing. Well, because at this point, the I think the most valuable thing they they have and they're aware of is their software, their custom firmware. So that's why they're selling that individually. One thing I, I do kind of have this little conspiracy and thing I want to discuss as well too is if you all remember when this was initially announced, they said they were going to have a solder and a solderless version. Uh-huh. We mentioned this. Yes, we mentioned this. So. This was obviously the solderless version, which is like, okay, cool. You got something. 
to load the payload. You got the jig, the exact same jig, mind right. you. But where's the solder version? Yeah. I ask you. Where's the solder version? Because my my prediction was that like when all this stuff was announced, my prediction was, okay, they're probably going to make a QSB that you solder into the right Joy-Con so it keeps those two pins shorted because Team Executor loves their PC, uh, well, P, yeah, PCBs, that's it, yeah. and circuit boards. And as for uh, the Switch itself, I didn't think there'd be anything on there, but I was like, well, maybe they might go out of their way to make a programmable PCB that you solder into the system itself that automatically drops the payload on boot when you have those shorted, maybe? Yeah. But I don't know, man, I, I kind of felt like <laughs> they didn't have anything um, and not to be disrespectful, but I don't feel like they had anything at the time where they announced this. So they just covered their bases and said, you know what? We're a player. We're in the game. We're going to come out with something. We don't really know what it is yet. It's going to be <laughs> one or the other. So just hold on tight and it's coming. So just, you know, yeah. just mm -hmm. be ready for it. So I don't think we'll ever see it. Uh, um, you know, a solar product at all. So. Or they were going down one path and they were like working on it and then all this other crap leaked out and, and they were they, like, whoa, what are we even wasting our time on? And then they saw that the jig was probably better than whatever they had for the solder-based version. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or who knows? This is all speculation, but it is, it is it is so peculiar that their solution is so close. Yeah, yeah, no, because like the payload thing, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, it's not a phone, it's not a, um, it's not going to be a computer, and it looks to be programmable because there's at least a USB pass through on that. But when I saw the jig, I was like, that is not Team Executor. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah, <laughs> it looks exactly. They didn't even like make it. They didn't even make the jig fancy. It's white. Right. The jig looks like they literally bought it, a butt load from a 3D printed website. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I think the difference is gonna be it's not going to be 3D printed, and it might have the Team Executor logo on it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I'll, I'll pick one up for sure um, and see how it goes. Yep. Yeah, even if even to just ha have it as like a collector's item. I That's don't... honestly what I was thinking too. Like, it's going to be one of those things. I might. Uh, I'm on the fence. I might pick it up just to play around with it and such. But I have no doubt that in the next coming months, of course, um, you know, we have Fuse Jelly, which this is what's utilizing. We're going to have um, what was it? Uh, Atmosphere Custom Firmware, which seems to be coming along just fine. That's supposed to come out in June. And then, uh, was it June? I believe it was. It's coming out this summer. Uh, and then on top of that as well, now that people have seen this, people are no doubt going to try and emulate that payload method, which is awesome. I think the payload method is great, where, as I said, I don't want to hook up my phone every single time I turn on my Switch, especially since, as I've said in this podcast, I'm a on or off person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it would be really awesome too. You know, it's real hard to say whether it's like this, because a lot of times, you know, they might it all depends on the execution of what team executor is doing they have no incentive of like making a separate payload that would easily be swappable they could code that all into a single single binary you know the loader and the payload so we'll see but it would be really awesome if we could even get like our own payload onto the team executor dongle you know what i mean yeah um be able to like flash and, that or something and that dongle i do not think is a, is proprietary to executor at all no, yeah no definitely not so Maybe we'll see our own programmable dongles that come out. That would be cool too. I mean, they're already out. I'm sure. We just need to, you know, find which ones are available. Sure. Sort them out. So, and like I said, I mean, it could be as simple as just a very basic, like bare bones Linux OS boots and auto runs a Python script. Yeah. I I just found it funny that it was it was very much divided. The the reception of this it wasn't an overall glee. It was two groups of people. It was either yeah we're gonna pirate all our games or I am not impressed at all. Yeah. The, the final thing I kind of want to say, at least like my, my thing with when the team executor discussion we were having, um, 
you know, Kate Timken and several other people, they definitely point, point, painted Executor in a bad light in regards to this. And their main thing was saying that this is not just a random Switch exploit. This is a Tegra X1 boot ROM exploit, something pretty serious. And they were saying that, they, and I can agree with them on this, they said, you know, it seems irresponsible that Team Executor had found this same one they were using because everyone's using the same one, no doubt. They found this same exploit and they were going to keep it completely hush-hush, closed source, and they were going to be monetizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you do get it. When, when there is something that it's this serious, and I mean, we have a lot of products, you know, the Udio was mentioned, other NVIDIA devices. Anything other, with the Tegra X1. Right. Um, these are all pretty much exploitable. And so it it is for the best interest of everyone, including the people who are using these, you know, exploits, to um what's the right word to disclose that to the companies yes you know this could be used for some very malicious things yeah um in the wrong hands and if it's not patchable the responsible thing to do is to, to disclose this nintendo go patch your s and we're gonna be scot-free like it's kind of one yeah. of the better uh, outcomes we could be in but yeah and, um, and not only Nintendo, but also uh, Nvidia. Yeah, this is their their big right. problem. It's really actually their uh, their issue. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of like right there with what MVG was saying. Um, love them or hate them, they're doing their thing. They're probably not going away too soon. They've always been there, you know. With, with every single, well, not every single one of them, but just about every one of them, they've they've kind of been the the villain in so many ways. Um, but you know they they have a they have a place in this you know whether you agree with that or not and um, they they provide that solution just for the average Joe or the average person to to get their switch hacked and 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 um and you know for homebrew and piracy and whatever they're trying to come up with here but um, their solution you know they're good at marketing and that's what they do well and um, you know I don't see that being any different with this iteration. Right. I think it's probably a good time to move on to the next topic. Yes. But, um, so we're done will, with Switch. We're real quick. I just want to oh. say, um, as a person who is just, you know, as I get older, as I have more responsibilities, as I have less time, we've talked about on the show, I have like an insane amount of modding debt. Um, I am yes. thankful that the current solutions for the Switch hacks seem to be pretty dang easy mm-hmm. once you have the jig. So that's great. Um, but the team executor stuff still does appeal to me. I don't have all that time. Um, I like to invest in that stuff when I do have time. I still find it very geeky, very fun to get into the nitty gritty. But you don't have eight hours to spend on arm nine loader hacks. No. Maybe even four hours. And if I weigh the (laughs) options, like if it's like a day where I want to get this done and I don't have the time or like a week or whatever, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't argue with that kind of packaging. I had to downgrade and set up and install like custom firmware on like without the gateway, but like custom firmware on my DS, I think three times before it worked. And that was a big multi-step all over the place, multi-hour process. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, so, and that's something that people have brought up too. I've seen in comments in regards to this. Like, there's just people that are like, "Look, I want to play my games for free. I want something that works. This does both of them." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I mean, we've also heard a lot of disclaimers. I mean, time and time again, these developers are not. These developers did not actually. Most of them did not intend on releasing a lot of this stuff right now. 
when they did it, yeah. they're all like, hey, look, this is like this is what it is right now. This is this has not been packaged up completely. This does not have a bow tie. Like it is what it is. It can run on Ouya. Yeah. But <laughs> might catch it on fire. So, anyways, um, we may be done with some Nintendo Switch stuff, but we're not done with Nintendo. <laughs> Um, in fact, the DSi <laughs> seems like the console that not necessarily won't die, but like that just keeps getting weird discoveries way after like it's the <laughs> shit was released on the same day. That we was it really? About. Yes. <laughs> That's why it was such a big deal. Jeez. Yeah. I'll let you take this away. <laughs> um, all right. I can, I don't know. MVG, do you know a lot of details about this one? If not, I can not definitely really, take man. it. I mean, you, you go ahead. Um, I know, I, I know a little bit, but honestly, this is not really my, my area of expertise. Sure. Um, I have never uh, modded a DSi. I did some stuff on the original DS through flashcards. So this isn't my expertise either, but I did look into this a little bit. So I'll, I'll kind of give my opinion. It's, it doesn't seem uh, too crazy, but it basically like our first, they say boot code, but I believe it's essentially the boot ROM exploit as well. Yeah. Um, the DSi was known for actually having pretty good security. Um, and uh, it was kind of like the first thing that had firmware updates and stuff like that. You know, it was a, it was a new time for Nintendo. True. True. Um, so, yeah. So with, it looks like we got our first real boot mod or boot ROM exploit. Um, it does require an entry point already. So mm-hmm. it's not just, it's not a primary exploit, but yeah, I'm not sure what we can actually do with this at the moment. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's there at the moment. We can't do too much, but it's just like the thing of God, like everything was releasing that day. And then also out of nowhere, DSI boot ROM. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget about me guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to downplay and call it a meme, but it was a meme amongst everything. Yeah. Cause when this came out, people were like, what the fuck is happening today? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and kind of, that's why I just keep laughing with this. The sad thing about this too is that even though like the DSI keeps getting weird stuff that pops up, we've talked about a couple exploits that have been found, some like primary entry points that have been found over the last, you know, maybe six months or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's still like it keeps popping up every once in a while, but it's not like it's getting a ton of development. Um, so it's awesome to see this stuff documented and found, but I f- like worry that there's not really going to be much done with the boot rom exploit probably like, not what do you i mean i don't think anything will really be done with it we might see some stuff because i know like there's been now there is custom firmware that's been released for the dsi and in the last year we've seen some more eyes looking at it but i don't think anything big is gonna come of it i'd love to be proven wrong though. well and sadly like part of it i think is just the hardware limitations right um like, what, what are you gonna do on it you know are you really gonna spend all the time to write emulators that are gonna be probably fairly poor performing. I mean, the PSP had a pretty good life. I don't know exactly how the hardware compares, um, but, you know, it's kind of that, you know, or investment versus reward, or you're like almost like your return on investment, even though we're not talking about like monetary gains necessarily. This is truly one of those things where it was done just to do it, which I don't have an issue with. No, but especially when you look, I mean, look at that and then it's like, oh, well, look at this shiny new switch with all this, wicked development going on for it. like which one are you going to choose i mean it's also one of those things at the same time i'm i'm the dude who guys i replaced my xbox one with an xbox one <laughs> like but and i'm talking about for anyone that doesn't understand like the the xbox one the thing that came out in 2013 when i moved i boxed it up it's still in the box in place i put my original xbox there yeah so yeah, yeah. 
it's true. So. Next to me. Oh, they're great. <laughs> I'm sure somebody, a lot of people will still love the DSi. Um, oh, if I had one laying around, I might experiment with experiment with a little bit, but you know, I'm all for open hardware and breaking these things down. But yeah, I'm just, I'm worried that we're not going to be able to like utilize this like new found thing at to its fullest extent. That's a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it, but I'm, I'm all for new things coming to older systems. Like I think this is still, I don't know if this has been released yet, but I know like several years ago, uh, DRM was like fully cracked on the Sega Saturn, where the video card that goes into the back of the system, uh, people have thought of like making flash cards and emulation. Well, they, they've made drive emulators for the Saturn, but they've thought of using the uh, cartridge slot at the top to play ROMs and ISOs and such. But nobody ever really looked at the data port in the back that was designed for the video CD add-on. But there was one guy who looked at it and he was able to successfully get games running through that extremely well. So I think that's still yet to release. I do want to pick one up whenever it does come out, but it's just, you need the proper person to look at it. Yeah. The reality is the DSi really isn't that old. And um, one benefit you do get is being able to archive these consoles a little bit better. True. Yep. Um, so having more access to hardware you know, I think we've been able to back up games on the DSi. Um, I don't even know how many DSi specific games there were, but I think those kind of archives we have, but you know, more, more is always better in these kind of situations. True. True. Especially considering the DSi is now well, well end of life, you know, it's not really going to be costing Nintendo anything. Um, really only games here. Mm -hmm. All kinds, all kinds of games. (laughs) All right. Well, um, we still have a plenty of stuff to get to, so I, don't I know think if you guys... we're like maybe halfway through. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have anything else to say on the DSI. I'm but... good. I want to move on to the next stuff. Yeah, I think, I think you're the rightful person to take this next one. Am I? I don't know. MVG. What? What about you? Oh, man, this is all you. This is all oh, you. Man, I, my I want to hear your your your. Take. Y'all putting so much pressure on me. <laughs> all right. You uh, like it? Don't no, lie. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I don't mind. So, yeah. No. Let Let me go ahead and and share this here. So. On the same day, we got the Switch. No, we didn't. Yes. <laughs> we got the Switch Jeez. stuff. We got the DSi boot ROM. And we got El Dorito taken down. Yeah. No. So in case anyone did not know, El Dorito. 3 ain't bad, though. Come on. Let's be real. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so what ended up happening was, in case you don't know, El Dorito is a modification for the game Halo Online. Halo Online was a, well, is a unreleased, PC exclusive for um, that was in the Halo series. Which I'm not a huge Halo fanatic, but I definitely liked it. It had its place in my heart back in the Halo Two days. Mainly, mm-hmm. I had not heard of Halo Online. It's essentially it was designed exclusively for the Russian market. It was going to be a free to play type game. They were going to integrate microtransactions into it. Or I believe they had. It was in closed beta for quite some time, mm-hmm. and it was essentially Halo Three on PC. Yeah, not I'd- exactly that. But it was essentially Halo Three on PC. So the Did game, they do like any marketing or any beta release for the US, or was it hyper focused on Russia? It was markets? only Russia. Wow, it's similar sense. to other games, like for example, Call of Duty Online is China exclusive. There's Borderlands Online in some other countries, um, and it's just it's just one of those titles. So what happened was it was in beta for a while. People found ways to you know get the beta and play in the US and other places, uh, and then L. El Dorito, that's initially what it was called. There's two versions, but El Dorito initially came out, and it essentially... Not like Doritos. Dorito. 
El Dorito. Like, uh, yeah. E L D E W R I T O for no, our was, audio listeners. This was El Dorito. Why what? Yeah. So let me what? explain it. So the the build, the build itself, Halo Online, um, like the EXE is El Dorado. That's the official one. So then the initial thing was El Dorito. And this was to crack it and play offline, and they added some Forge in there too. And it initially got a DMCA because I believe the initial release of this modification had a copyrighted, had had the EXE for Halo Online in it. So they removed it. They it released only the mod. It was fine. And then eventually El Dorito became El Dorito. And we've gotten all these releases. And on 420 Blaze It, they released the 0.6 update, which they did a ton of hype, a ton of marketing for. It got more attention than it ever has undoubtedly to the point where big twitch streamers are playing it and going nuts my De devin has this tear mark going down his face now but <laughs> no so now i'll go ahead and stop sharing this well too because it's just been you know up on this page but then it was taken down so we're going to discuss the takedown a little bit now 343 Industries, they ended up explaining how Halo Online came about, why it was, well, they didn't say why it was canceled, but they talked about, you know, the, the closed beta of it. And they essentially said, look, like, we, we think this is cool. We think this is awesome. But this doesn't negate the fact that this is a modification for a game that is not abandonware, is not open source. Uh, these, mic these assets belong to Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And we think this is cool. But legally, Microsoft has decided to step in, which I'm actually, I'm saying that incorrectly. I need to kind of correct that on there. Um, so it had to get shut down in short. And they just essentially came in, Microsoft, they said, hey, y'all need to cease development of this. The main issue that Microsoft was having was the mod it's, is fine. So El Dorito is fine. I can give you El Dorito and it's okay. I can give MVG El Dorito and that's totally fine. I can post up a download link and that's fine. The issue comes into play of the build of Halo Online. The build of Halo Online is not to be redistributed. If I give you a build of that, that's when it becomes illegal. For, for anybody, I think it's appropriate because this came out on 420 initially, but it's kind of like weed and glass, where you can have your glass, you can sell it, you can do what you want to with it, and that's fine. It's legal to smoke weed out of it. It's legal to buy weed. It's legal to sell weed in many different places. In these same places, glass is going to be okay. It's kind of like, think of Halo Online as weed, and El Dorito is going to be the glass in this situation here. <laughs> because the mod is still available. You can download the mod itself. But what they were going after was the mod and game in one packs and any download links to the build itself. Right. But this isn't something that's, like, super uncommon. I mean, yes. Right. Kind of like right. almost going back to the, you know, Team Executor example that mvg gave where it's like yeah this is like for the layman this is great if people just want to boot it up and go yeah like having it all bundled is fine but i feel like the type of people that are i mean i guess not if we got twitch streamers a lot of mainstream people maybe they wouldn't have gone through the effort of patching something but like i feel like a large portion of people getting involved in that would be willing to patch it the patch process is very easy though you take the build you drop the patch and you run the patch right yeah so that's why it, they have to keep them separate. But, you know, in short, that ended up happening where 343, they came out and they said, hey, look, you know, we canceled this for reasons. We're not getting into it. Microsoft issued the takedown, but we are aware now for some reason. <laughs> they said, now we are aware that you all want Halo on PC again. Right. <laughs> you all want a proper release. Now you are aware. You had to take a game that we canceled years ago and reverse it 
and make a mod. Yeah, make <laughs> like, a mod for it. And then wait for Microsoft to come in and say, hey, you need to stop development all this. Oh, now we know that you all want Halo on PC. We didn't know that. We're sorry about that. Yeah. El Dorito themselves also had a an article about this as well, too. And the one thing I, I want to say on here is, you know, that they had quoted 343 Industries in this where they said, while we are humbled and inspired to see the amount of passion poured into this project, the fact remains that it's built upon Microsoft-owned assets that were never, law never lawfully released or authorized for this purpose. Uh, purpose as this project reverberate re <laughs> i can't speak across the community our team took a step back to assess the materials and explore possible avenues while microsoft like any company has a responsibility to protect its ip code and trademarks it's not optional in other words now they had also mentioned here they as in uh el dorito team they had said by the way we're not shutting down the mod or going after the el dorito crew we're enacting action to remove the Halo Online code and packages from places it's being hosted. Or I guess they were saying on here, that was quoted from Microsoft. I didn't see that anywhere, but this is from the post. Either way, now, El Dorito team is saying there was no cease and desist, no DMCA, just a brief conversation about what they suggest we do. And the suggestion was, you need to stop circulating any builds of Halo Online and need to stop development. But the game is still playable. Like you can get like if, if you get a build of it and you get the patch and you run the patch, you can go online and you can play it. And El Dorito actually encourages that as well, too. They just said, hey, we can't be a part of the distribu distribution of the Halo Online build itself. And we cannot do any Which more development. I'm super it. glad because I'm glad they're sticking with this and continuing development for now, you know, foreseeable oh, future. Oh, no, no, no. They're not continuing development. I thought they were. No. Oh what? no! They've had. They are talking. They they have some internal talks. They've said like behind the scenes stuff. Like they're trying to you know talk with three four three and with Microsoft to see if anything can be done. But right now, they were like it. It's not an order. It's more Microsoft had a conversation with them and said, "Hey, look, this is the reality of it. We don't want to it, to start legal action. So but you need to stop." But I thought that was just to distribute the full package. Should be the full package, and they just don't want any more development on this right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. I guess I wasn't clear on that bit. Mm -hmm. So they're they're so Microsoft said you don't have to take down the current state of the patch, but you we don't want you developing the patch. Yeah. Anymore. I think it was more of a suggestion, just like, look, it would be a really bad idea to continue developing this. Do you get what we're saying? Man. Well, yeah. So that makes me feel a little <laughs> less bad idea if you want to stream it or um, you know. Uh, capture gameplay video of it and, and put on YouTube and, and, and places like that too. So, well, well, I was going to say even regards to that on April 27th on Halo Waypoint, they actually updated that. And they said, following some temporary Twitch and YouTube bans that were issued earlier this week, there's been some questions about whether or not streaming or posting Halo online El Dorito content is allowed because El Dorito is built upon Microsoft owned Halo online content that was never lawfully released or authorized for this purpose, streaming or building content from the mod could result in action taken against your account. Mm -hmm. While we are working with streaming video platforms and would like to avoid outright bans and negative strikes, you're putting yourself at risk and we do not recommend creating or distributing content around El Dorito Halo online. So there were some Twitch users that got suspensions or some bans or takedowns. There were YouTube users that also got takedowns. That's did what MVG was getting. Banned or uh, taken down? Uh, who? Did anyone on Mixer get banned or taken down? Oh, that I don't know. I don't think anyone had the balls to Does stream on Mixer. Mixer anymore. 
<laughs> I'm not I, sure. I don't know about that. Um, but no, they're just saying here, they're like, look, because it, it's obvious here, 343. They're, they're saying, they're like, we like this. We think it's cool, but it's just, we, eh, we yeah. we're sorry. No, but we think it's cool. Yeah, it's but, interesting. I mean, I think Microsoft really, you know, they, they got to come out at A3 and, and announce something because, I mean, I, I think if they don't, um, man, I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. I think they really have to, you know, they, they've kind of, you know, fuzzily committed to some type of PC version, um, but they haven't really committed to anything. But they've kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, everyone wants it. So we're looking at it. So, you know, hopefully they come back at E3 or, or at least um, later this year and, and announce something. I think that'd be really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this very clear. Halo 5 Forge is not a proper release that can take this place. Right. I agree with that. <laughs> oh, man. No doubt. Well, I hope this means good things in the future one way or another. Same. You know, it, it, we've seen this before with other projects. There was a Pokemon game that seemed to kind of get this same kind of attention where it's like, yay, they got a lot of positive press. Pokemon Uranium, I believe. Yep. yep. Yay, we got a lot of positive press. Yay, like everyone's loving it. Oh, because of that, it's now got the attention of the uh, company behind the original product. Mm-hmm. And C&D. Yep. Same with another Metroid 2 remake. Yeah, yep. Man. Oh, man. Metroid, and there was, uh, you know, there was a Zelda game that they released, and yeah, it's always the same. What about that uh, Super Mario 64 multiplayer mod? Yeah, is that the same yep. thing? We, I, I think, think we so. talked about that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hello, Lily. Whether they're in like Pokemon Uranium was like a completely new project made with like RPG Maker or something. I can't remember if it was exactly like that, but it was a game yeah. development engine. It wasn't uh, a, a modded or hacked version of Pokemon. So this happens to things built from the ground up and things that are patched. Mm-hmm. Just meanwhile, I love how Sega's approach to it is where. Uh, like they've even kind of the, the official Sonic the Hedgehog account has kind of been tongue in cheek with that stuff where there's like a, a Sonic fan thing that comes out and he's just like, oh, we got to take it down. Nah, it's all good. We, we like what you're doing. Yeah. Or with a so, not Sonic Forces. That one was bad. Sonic um, Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania. Yeah. The guy who headed that, he was making mods for Sonic games and making ROM hacks. And yep, it's like approach that. him. They're like, hey, you're doing a really good job with this. Like if we offered you a job and gave you your own team and gave you full creative freedom and full access to, you know, the Sonic license and such, would you be interested in getting paid to do what you're doing, but officially? <laughs> and he made the best Sonic game in recent years. Oh yeah. Yep. yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. So hopefully good things will come out of this. Maybe El Dorito people will come out later and be like, surprise man We're working on so. the new I, halo I, I, I hope this has a happy ending I, I really do because it's it's a real touchy situation i mean you can kind of understand microsoft's um angle and 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 their kind of viewpoint and their opinions on this um i mean they want to protect what's theirs but you can also understand the El, El Dorito people as well so man I, I hope there's i hope every you know someone wins out of this or you know everyone wins out of this versus everyone loses because that would be really bad mm-hmm well said. I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's also a lot of people have also tried to say they're just like, I want to get both of your guys' opinions on here because I don't think this would work at all. But lots of people are saying, well, why don't you just hire the El Dorito guys and take the El Dorito code and put it on top of the Halo Online code and release that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there'd be a lot of red tape in yeah. between. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that simple. Yeah. 
But I do think that the El Dorito people could bring plenty to the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Being that close to the community, even probably having some kinds of statistics, right? Like, look, this is what works. This is what people want. This is, we've been doing this for years now. Um, on the ground level, not having to worry about any kind of like, you know, when you're in those kind of companies, a lot of times you as like a developer may be like, oh, I don't think this is the best idea. You know what I mean? You're like, no, like overruled, like we need to do this. You know what yeah. I mean? And they were on the ground floor. They had like, you know what I mean? They were able to make those decisions without any kind of red tape or intervention. Yeah. So hopefully like, you know, in some way or another, like you said, hopefully we have a happy ending. Here. Yeah. Eight, three. Yeah. E3, they better announce something at E3. Yeah. E3, yeah, Microsoft Ooh. has no games, so... No, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's probably next month's topic, right? So. Yeah, right, hopefully. Microsoft hopefully. ain't got no games. So, maybe we should move on. We still got yes. a number of topics here. We, we have we have two and... big chunks, which which is nice now, but like, um, we went for like an hour on Switch news alone. Almost an hour and a half. No, not an hour and a half. We started at seven. We switched over at like eight oh something, okay? Yeah, fair. Literally switched <laughs> so, over, right? Oh. Switched yeah, over, and now it's time to switch <laughs> into this. Oh, geez. So, um, moving on, we are going to talk about Nintendo again, just a little bit more, but um, kind of at a high level. Oh, it yeah. seems like the FTC has pretty much, uh, basically, um kind of made those little warranty stickers like you know void if you remove the sticker your warranty void or whatever uh, basically made those illegal essentially saying like you can't tell people they can't just take apart their stuff and the thing is they they've been illegal for years and people have known about that but the ftc finally issued on april 9th a official complaint against at least in the gaming industry i know that i think asus and a few car industry like companies were there too but microsoft sony and nintendo they issued official complaints saying you have 30 days to comply with this before we take before yeah. we um take any action which is you. i'd love do you know how long it's actually been illegal uh i believe there was an act like from 1975 wow. or something oh. it's been decades 40 years so like that yeah when i was like 13 years old and I managed to like use tweezers and a little bit of water to remove my sticker on my PSP and put it back mm-hmm. after cleaning my screen. Cause all I wanted to do was clean my screen. All I wanted to do was clean there the was screen. dust. Yeah. All right. They're, they did not seal that thing up like super well. Oh no, but there were two small holes on the yeah. front of the screen. The dust got inside of them. So I just wanted to like clean my, now my PSP was hacked by other means. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's besides the point. <laughs> but you, regardless, like, I shouldn't... Your method of breaking it. I, I put in a game and I pressed okay. the update button and then two minutes later, the yes. screen turned black and I don't they know what happened. They didn't question the 13-year-old boy on why this PSP was bricked. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but that's not what I wanted. I, I wanted to have that opportunity. That was my ace card, okay? And I didn't want them to be like, oh, sorry, you can't use your warranty because a sticker was damaged. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but you know, my point of the story is I literally just wanted to clean my screen. That should be legal. Like that should not, you should mm-hmm. not have consequences for that. Yeah. Now, if you, I think if you break something along in the process, that's where things get a little gray, right? And that's where it's changed now. So Sony and Nintendo have complied with this. We don't know anything about Microsoft. I did check Microsoft's terms of service and it has been updated. So right now, if I opened up my Xbox One, I would still be voiding the warranty on there. Mm. However, this is from a GameSpot article, but it's saying 
The FTC had also particularly pointed out a problematic sticker that acted as a seal against opening the PlayStation 4. Sony has changed the language that previously suggested removing the sticker would void the warranty itself. Like any other change, the warranty, the warning now says the warranty does not apply to damage caused by opening the products or third-party providers. The FTC also previously warned, well, let's see, no, that was talking about, okay, Asus and HTC, uh, Microsoft, we haven't heard anything back from them. Um, but again, yeah, I know it's saying both companies have issued new warranty guidelines that now say they're only voided by damage caused by third-party products or services, not mere use of them. So if you opened up your system just to clean it, didn't damage anything, put it back together, you're good. Mm -hmm. So I'm still confused. And if I open my system and I say I broke a clip that was holding down a ribbon cable. Void. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can fix that yourself, I'm sure, and it would be okay. But I was even thinking more, and that's a good point, but like I was thinking more dramatic. Like if I open up my whole system and then I uh, like I drill a hole in the motherboard, somehow accidentally yeah, that is a bit more dramatic yeah yeah if i do that they're going to say hey dude your system your warranty is void this thing's fucked yeah okay so uh it's interesting i think that's the better way to approach it mm -hmm. um i fully uh, i'm willing to accept that you know i shouldn't i shouldn't lose my warranty for cleaning my screen but if i broke something along the way if i uh, you know i don't know sometimes those little components are a little tough to unhook or separate so i don't know oh, yeah. you know you ended up cracking your motherboard trying to get something off so, so what do you I mean, guys I, think microsoft hasn't complied yet do you think they just i um, i don't know why but i also want to thing or do you think it's um, well they, they don't want to comply well i put this down so like uh nick in the chat he was saying that microsoft complied i'm actually going to show you I'm, right now on uh may 16th of 2018 i'm on the xbox one warranty page and right here number five c warranty exclusions opened modified or tampered with including for example any attempts to defeat any xbox one or accessory technical limitation security or anti-piracy mechanism etc or its serial number is altered or removed so they have not complied, unfortunately. Why? I have no idea. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Do we know when the statement was issued? April 9th. It's so, past that date. Wow. Yeah. That is that is peculiar. I mean, maybe they're working out some logistics. Maybe they're trying to phrase things in a way that still gives them as much of an upper hand. And I mean, Microsoft's big enough. There's a very good possibility that they're like, yeah, we're going to get fined. Um, it's more worth it for us to eat that cost and... Yeah. make sure we have our ducks in our row for our needs um i mean they're a big company they can <laughs> mm -hmm. they can take a hit like that i yeah. doubt it's actually how big of a hit we don't know but i yeah. mean they they ate the original xbox cost they ate the xbox 360 warranty costs yeah. <laughs> xbox doesn't make the money right <laughs> so um i i think this is overall good and uh, I guess the one downside is that these companies didn't comply for so long and were able to get away with it. So, um, you know, what actually changes or what changes down the line or what, what we see come out of this in the future, you know, only time will tell. But I hope that Microsoft and pretty much everyone else takes uh, note of Sony and Nintendo jumping on it and we'll see. follow suit. I mean, they have to at this point or else they're going to get fined and such. So, yep. Yeah. Smaller companies won't be able to afford that, so absolutely gonna have to. Well, should we go on and transition? Let's switch into Sony. this next topic. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, Nintendo and Sony were playing nicely. Um, 
with the FTC, but it looks like Sony might be getting in the short end of the stick in terms oh. of exploits and homebrew. Yes. So um, I, I know at least you are going to be way more uh, knowledgeable on this. I did look into it. I familiarized myself a bit, but do you, one of you guys want to take this one? Well, for me, I mean, um, I've only really started taking notice of this probably in the last, I'll say the last week or so when I did hear about a 505 jailbreak um, and open source kind of dev tools or homebrew dev tools. So, um, you know, I'm not too familiar with the history of, of you know, the, the PS4 as far as the um, jailbreaks for the previous firmwares. But um, this to me looks very interesting and um, it looks like Spectre Dev is, you know, imminently going to um announce or release um the the jailbreak and, and some dev tools which are which is really cool to see because um with the ps4 being such a powerhouse ps4 pro at least you know it, it really opens up the door for some amazing you know potential there with uh, emulation and homebrew yeah absolutely you are right um i do hope the switch succeeds a lot one day but i do also like the idea like when I set up my Raspberry Pi 3 with um, RetroPie and all that recently, I was like, you know, this is great, but I really, I do need more power. And it would be awesome to have a console like that set up at home, ready to go. You sit down, you throw your friend the, a PS4 controller, and you're off to the races. So Yeah, I mean, you know, from an emulation perspective, being Intel-based, you know, we're talking the cream of the crop of emulators potentially mm-hmm. being developed for the PS4 with dynamic recompilers and all that oh, stuff. So yes. we're, we're, we're that, talking killer instinct on the PS4 as a possibility. You know, we're talking all the all the good stuff. So, um, you know, Don't I'm, I'm very interested like in, in what, what comes out for the 505. I think it would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, you make some really good points there. Um, oh gosh, this is just all such good stuff happening. Mm-hmm. I came onto this podcast at the right time. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's really good stuff. So yeah. Um, like you said, it's imminence. Um, yep. it's, Dev- it's been announced. So about a week ago, they said in the next few weeks, a lot of people. So at first there were rumors and these rumors were just like a few people putting out dates. There were rumors of May 5th for the five Oh five. Ha ha ha. K exploit um, that didn't happen. I see what they did there. May twentieth has been circulated as a date as well too. Uh, I, there's been nothing really directed towards that. They just said the next few weeks. So it's going to happen this month, if not this month. It's mostly going to happen next month. Just just be patient. That's what I'm telling everyone. Just be give them going as much time as they need to, to get to get this thing um, releasable and to the public and and working the right way. Let them get the dev tools out so people can start devving, um, you know, on day one. I mean, this, this again, like the Switch stuff we talked about earlier, this could be huge. This could be a game changer. Absolutely. And the cool part is you can still pick up, you know, four point, is it 4.73 consoles, the God of War consoles yep. Um, yep. out in the shop. So um, getting, getting your hands on a 505 firmware is pretty trivial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... In regards to that as well, too, when we were talking about, you know, bigger and better things, I was going to also transition into what we know about the Mira project here. So this is from Open Orbis. Right, which we had talked about previously. We talked about before. We were able to break some news on that here before, thankfully, thanks to our anonymous contributor on that. However, the Mira project has been announced, and just reading directly off their GitHub, 
The Mirror Project is the result of the hard work from the Open Orbis team. We believe in quality over quantity releases. There are numerous components to the project, and each one will be explained below. Here's the list of components with a description of what they do. So the firmware, previously known as Mirahin, this has been expanded into a full expansion custom firmware. One thing I, I do want to put out, though, from what we know, it's not going to be custom firmware like we knew it on the PSP or the PS3. This is going to be a HIN, a homebrew enabler. Similar so, to what we've been seeing on the Switch even recently. Correct. So this is going to be, and, and that's a perfect way of putting it. So this is going to require a WebKit exploit, a kernel exploit after that, and then you can launch this. And when you reboot your system, Mira HIN is gone. So you have to launch your WebKit and kernel exploit in order to get this every time. There's many tools, including the Mirror project, and they're listed out below. So new lib PS4. This is the libc implementation ported for PS4. It's a pain in the ass to compile. Just take the pre-built binary seriously. Id PS4 or LD PS4. This is the linker to be used with the new lib PS4 to create Orbis compatible elf files. Or you could use Crazy Void's elf fixup tool. Miralib. This is the communications library that will be specialized for operation with the Mira firmware. And there's a user's right. guide that can be found as well too if you want to check anything on that. For more layman stuff, there's also a wolo.net article where he was here talking about, you know, the contributors and the SDK. This is like this is the toolkit. This is the SDK. This is the stuff that people have been waiting for. This is what has been hinted where all the developers have been saying, we want the framework. We want the tools out. We want everything. We want everything to come out at once. We want all this stuff here. We want it mm -hmm. all available. Right. Which and, is I'm awesome. and I'm excited for this. This is going to be the proper way to get something out. You can't have one or the other. I mean, if you release the jailbreak, like, you know, you're talking about earlier how you were, you're running it on the, the 3.0 and there's nothing you could do once you kind of got in there. It's it's like, well, what do I do now? There's like a, a test app and, and that's it. So you really have to have the whole suite ready to go. And I think, you know, they're doing the right thing there. And there's, you know, there's something to be said with momentum, which I think is kind of something you were alluding to. It's like, um, even for end users, say you hack your PS4 and there is nothing. Maybe you're not that interested in piracy. Then it's like, okay, I'm not going to care about this. And, I'm going to like and, and separate myself for a while. And I'll be honest, and that's been my thing because I've done some PS4 tutorials and it's like, okay, there's really no homebrew here. The mod menus I think are cool. But in regards to the games, um, I purchase all my games. So the piracy doesn't interest me. And the other thing is with the PS4, they have streamlined the game loading process and such so well where I don't really mind popping in the disc on that. Mm -hmm. For something like the Switch, and I'm not making an excuse here, but like the Switch, I would love the game loading feature because I love my physical games. I don't want to, especially something that's portable, I don't want to carry around all my cartridges all yep. the time, which is what I do now. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think this is all good. I think they're starting this off pretty well. Uh, you were kind of brushing over like the different tools that they have, but you know they have like a standard library which just facilitates a lot of basic needs for different you know uh, different things that you want to actually use to code your software. And then they have like custom firmware specific libraries, specific like specialized to actually leverage the custom firmware features. It seems like they have their bases covered. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Mm -hmm. Me too. Same. I'm I'm very excited about it. If if they do it right, and I'm I'm sure they will. Um, Again, you know, this could be a real game changer for uh, for the scene. Yeah, I think the one downside to it, it seems, is I believe QWERTY was saying that 
right now the 5.05 uh, kernel exploit isn't as stable as the 4.55 one. I, I think that's been a little bit of a a common occurrence too, because I have, I, I skipped 4.05. I went straight from 1.76 to 4.55. A lot of people were saying though, that they noticed their 4.55 jailbreak was less stable than 4.05. Uh, I'm not too worried about that though, because I'm sure people are going to be forking payloads and are going to be adding more code, cleaning up some stuff and are just going to streamline it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we've seen that kind of stuff in the past before. Again, this is all open source. This is all a good stuff and really promotes continued development on it so absolutely so yeah if if you all are wanting this try and hop on a new ps4 right now mm -hmm. speaking of ps4 speaking of ps4 does does someone else want to grab this it's the last one last one i don't know mvg yeah do you ever I, have a thing for parappa yeah i uh i actually want to pick up this game because um you know, we're talking about how the hackers found the the PSP emulator hidden in the uh, Parappa game on the PS4, and um, I think they were able to get a couple of uh, things to run, like Potapon, Namco Museum, and uh, I think Loco Roco was another one that they got, yeah. got running. So somehow, some way, there's a, a fully you know embedded PSP emulator in there, and um, it's very very there interesting. I, I, I definitely want to see where this goes. Hopefully. There's some type of injector that gets developed, and I think um, you know Dark Element is, is working on one right now. But um, I think you know a, a PSP injector would be would be awesome to see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, go on. Oh, well, I was going to say in regards to the PSP HD emulator, so that that's what's known as. So right now, the the PS4, it's of course you got the PS4, and then the PS4 has a PlayStation Two emulator on it called PS2 Emu. Uh, now there is this that's been called PSP HD. And someone dumped the Parappa the Rappa game, and it has a configuration file in there. And it's called PS4 configuration file for PSP HD. And someone has set up all the settings in there, and they have comments showing everything on that. And in short, you take a PSP ISO, you drop it in, you have to put it in a, I guess you change the formatting on it to a .img, you have to change a few things. And there seems to be a hard cap limit of just under 900 megabytes for the game that you could put in. But in short, it's a PSP game, and then the HD part is because they're able to take external assets and slipstream them into the game. Mm. So that's why you're able to play a PSP game in 4K if it's repackaged like this, mm -hmm. because it's the game itself, but then it's adjusting for the PS4 and it's streaming all the new, fresh assets. Interesting. That is really, that's it's, really interesting. It's awesome. The, the best part is at the very end, there are a few lines, and it says, special thanks to... There's a lot of people, Matsura, Rodney, Allen, and all the awesome people at Japan Studio. Also, huge thanks to Ernesto, Adam, Henrik, Taku, several other people whose support made this project of love possible. Parappa forever. If you're reading this message, congratulations, you win. We love you so much. You've made hacking great again. Wow. <laughs> and that's from the development studio. That was a configuration file lifted straight from the game. Wow. <laughs> You're kidding. I'm not kidding. This, this, what was that? What was it? Echelon was that team? Echelon, Echelon. That was the one who they did that for Dreamcast. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. You have to send me a link to that paste bin. I don't know if it was on I, this article. It was not. I put it on there and then I took it off. But yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll drop it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That no, is... I got chills with that. But you know, it was, it was, it was absolutely, you know, reminiscent of echelon.txt. Yeah. Which, if, if anybody doesn't know, for anyone who's ill-informed, near the end of the Dreamcast life cycle, there was a, like, 
Sega Classics game that released that was a few Genesis games. And it was a fully fledged Genesis emulator for the Dreamcast that was officially coded. And Echelon was a release group who, you know, cracked pirated games, released them, all that stuff. Um, but there was a text file in there called echelon.txt. And it was directly to that group. And it was instructions on how to use the emulator, how to load games, how to do whatever you wanted to mm-hmm. on there. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Makes you wonder how they got the, that past all those code reviews and that's what I'm wondering. I mean, they had to have some pretty cool <laughs> managers. I mean, <laughs> I think so. I don't know about this one. This is spooky and cool at the same time. But the Dreamcast one, I'd made a, th- a video about it, and I theorized. I'm like, because it, it came out near the end of the Dreamcast life cycle. It was a Volume One game pack. I was like, they knew Sega was going under at that point. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. So. I think it's really cool. Um, we had talked about virtual con stuff just a little bit ago on the show. Uh, you know, this appears to just be a, an emulator wrapper. So, um, wrapper <laughs> for the wrapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully we can see other games get packaged in. I mean, shoot, even if we can like hot swap assets, it'd be pretty sweet to get some HD remakes of some of those PSP games. Oh, absolutely. Um, we, and we've seen a, several officially come out. Okay. And, and let me see. So even in the Ars Technica article, let's see, they did talk about a few here, which let's see. Other hackers have shown Patapon, Namco Museum, and a PSP dev kit test app supposedly running on the PS4. However, last I checked with Patapon, you can't get past the start screen on there. Mm-hmm. But there are gotcha. several of these games, like Local Roco has officially been re-released on PS4. Patapon, I'm pretty sure it has, because I remember seeing it on PlayAsia. Yeah, Both great games. Okay. So right now, the games that work for sure are the ones that have officially been released. Yeah. Well, ironically enough, yeah. Yeah. Liberty City stories going on there and see how that goes. That'd be Yo, cool. that would be cool. <laughs> I'm still. Sure, I'm, I'm finishing up Vice City stories right now. But I'm playing it on the PS2. Yeah. Nice. You've been going through a little bit of a kick. Yeah, not not as much recently. I was about to say I, it's got to be ending soon. Yeah. I know I, you're. I know I've like learned you're like kick phases i know right like there was silent hill for a while that was a that was a good one to, oh yeah 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 that was spooky yeah that's the point yeah, yeah. <laughs> by spooky i mean like in my previous apartment so i used to i was playing this game on surround sound with the lights off and with one the way one of my speakers was when i was walking around silent hill and there was a like you know it was in the apartment buildings which made it even spookier when there was monsters and you could hear them it sounded like there were monsters creeping down my hallway right when living in an apartment, it's like you never know when you're, it's actually someone really like so, who is that someone else in the complex? Is that exactly. me? You know, when you're in a place that you're not just like butted up against a dozen other people, it's pretty easy to separate exactly what's in the house and what's not. Yeah. My favorite thing is now whenever like I'm watching something, there's like a bird off in the distance. Like if it's a game or a TV show, Lily just like whips around and she's looking at the speaker. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this gate, this sound design on here is popping. Right. Right. <laughs> it's quality. Quality. Well, um, so yeah, hopefully we can see some good things come out of this PS4 emulator for sure. Kind of circle oh, back. PSP or HD. yeah, PS, PS, PSP emulator on the PS4. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping so as well. Surely yeah, I think, something. I, mean, I think there's definitely more to come there, and um, you know, pick up that game because uh, you know I have it. Yeah. I have it. <laughs> I actually need to pick it up. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to grab a copy of it. It's unless the price has gone up, it's not bad either. I picked it up 
brand new imported for like 25 yeah, or 30 bucks. I think, I think that's the point you should, if you are interested in, in trying it out, get a copy now because you know, it's going to be one of those things where um, the resellers are going to get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's how it always happens. I didn't want to resell it. I got it because it was Parappa. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I love it. When, the, when no, Parappa I, Rapper I came it out like on... over a year ago. Nice. Yeah. So when Parappa the Rapper came out on the PSP, I was pretty stoked. Mm-hmm. I was so happy to relive that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think the only time I had played it before was actually on a demo disc. I had that demo disc. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I remember what else was on it, but Parappa was definitely the, the highlight. So, yeah. It's yeah. good stuff. Good stuff indeed. Guys, we're done with topics. Yeah. Oh, no, that man. was. It actually accelerated faster than I thought. Near yes, the end. and that's what I thought. That's why when I looked at it, it was kind of like the dog who is around the fire, and I'm just like, I'm there. I'm looking at. It, I'm like, this is fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it sounded like you trimmed the fat a decent bit, and I noticed you. And did. then I added it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It all works out. It does. Yeah. So uh, now that we're done with topics, this is kind of the portion of the show that we do every episode and that's really question and answer from the audience um so if anybody's got some stuff lined up some questions definitely start dropping them in and we'll start hammering away absolutely so i'd say we'd be good for about 20 30 minutes something like that yeah yeah all right so if you got any questions for myself devin mvg all three of us just let us know and yeah we'll be good so we've got one right here jacob uh, wagers, waggers. I'm gonna. I'm hoping I'm not butchering your name too much. There. We might be butchering it. <laughs> should I wait for a jailbreak on my PS4? It's on the newest firmware now, but I don't know if I should wait for a new jailbreak. Um, we get got, another PS4 if you don't want to be patient. Yeah, it's kind of what we talked about. Um, and not everyone has the means to have another console. I get that. So, um, it, you know, if modding is something that's important to you in any shape or form don't update it you know if you if you can only afford one console that's just the reality of 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 everything if not then you take the risk of updating it and maybe something will come out maybe you'll get lucky it's happened to me a number of times before but that's just that's just reality mm-hmm. net neutrality passes in it by the way thank you james for updating on that oh, net yeah. neutrality's here to stay you hadn't heard that no i did hear yeah. it but we didn't mention it all on this podcast i was excited which is now got like i've learned like the deep dark parts of net neutrality and like it's it's very very twisted it is because like we went from like yeah we went from like having no governance of the internet and there was governance and then they tried to make the governance more and they're like no damn it we want we want governance but just different governance and it's like oh it's not we want the governance to not have we want the the governance of governance of no discrimination yeah yeah so like i don't know a lot of people would argue that like Net neutrality is still not really a win because it's not an open internet anymore. Well, yeah. Epic Martin's right. He's saying it still needs to go through the house, and and I, that's, that's true. And I think that's kind of later this year. I think it's in November, so um, you know it's a victory today, but there's still kind of more work to be done. Mm-hmm. That being said, I personally think that you know if it was one or the other, you know, keeping the current net neutrality rules versus uh, the alternatives that were proposed, I would rather have what we have now. Absolutely. But yeah, just keep in mind that it doesn't like we. Magic we, we're, Pie's we, outdated meme video is not going to convince me otherwise. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't give him the satisfaction of watching it. Good. I tried I to read you out of my mind, but you just kind of remind me of it again. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm like in the clear here. I'm I'm like just clean, pure. 
Yeah. Never seen it. Seen the pictures, and that was more. I thought it was fake. No. And then as people, that's that's the weird part. I mean, people kept posting it, and I was like, just flabbergasted. (laughs) It's like Tub Girl. You don't want to see it. Oh God. Think about it. Devin's dealt with me so much. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like dealt with you around coworkers and friends and stuff like that. It's just like, oh my gosh. I think my favorite has been when you have complained to me because it's like I would send, no, I would send like nasty messages, not not like nasty pictures and stuff, not just not to you, but like I'd send them through Twitter, and you would just see them either scrolling down or they would pop up on your watch. No, yeah, there was that one that you you sent me like a a stomachy picture through SMS. And then, like, I looked down at my smartwatch, and, and it, like, it was back. full screen, just Stomedy's, like, face in the full watch well, face. Well, for a while, I also had close zoom-ups of Julius World Tour eating a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, man. Yeah. Oh, MVG, you, you, you knew of me after. I, I used to shitpost a lot more, so mm-hmm. let me get back on that. Nice. Epic Martin yeah. asks, uh, which system had better homebrew, PSP, or Xbox? Come on. That, I mean, that's, you're talking to me I, here. You know, Xbox that's would, way... I, I saw that I was kind of laughing because I was like, "This is this is a between you two. This is going to be kind of a war zone." <laughs> no, I mean, I'll give it, out I will say um, the PSP had a really, really solid homebrew scene, um, and you know, it, it it for for the the system itself and the power that it had, um, it had some amazing stuff coming out for it. So, better give credit there. I'll definitely give this one to the Xbox. My nostalgia wants to argue more, but I mean. You just look at raw power, and even the Xbox had a couple of years of uh, of a jump start on that whole thing. So um, absolutely, maybe even like three or four. Jeez, that's like three. Well, it came out in two thousand one. PSP came out in late two thousand four. Yeah, in Japan. So, but it got um, three years. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it to the Xbox. But the PSP was no slouch. No, yeah. definitely not. Definitely not. I'm going to say, you know what? I was going to say PSP, but I want to say Xbox just because of the fact that you were able to take this basic game system that had online capabilities and, you know, saves built in and uh, a DVD player that you had to unlock, and you could turn it into a fully fledged kick ass multimedia system. Yeah, I was going to actually mention that too. Yeah. Shout out Team Executor for what they did in the Xbox back in the day, how they were able to just like completely transform and rebuild the system with their case mods and such. The PSP, the thing that always disappointed me with it is now, 2018, it doesn't matter. But back in the day, there was never, I wanted it to be more of an overall media player. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you did have that, like, it could play mu- movies, it could play music and such. And now there's much better converters. But, like, I, I remember I always had to convert to, like, weird formats, or then it handled MP4, but some of them it didn't well, handle properly. Yeah. I mean, It's we no had, XBMC. We had, like, you know... I think IR shell handled MP3s, but it was very janky. But in the the default uh, music player handled MP3s. Yeah, I know. But like, and I was going to say, and that was just it. It wasn't. It was not. The focus was not on a media perspective. I used the PSP as a oh, music player, as my primary music yeah. player for like a couple years, if not like three, when I was in junior high. And uh, so I was using it a lot, running around, even like skateboarding with that thing in my pocket, which is probably just a disaster waiting to happen. But (laughs) um, it really was a pain in the butt. Just it was not meant for navigating and listening to music. Yeah. Fantastic system, though. So, yeah, definitely. And a good question. I mean, it's not as it's not as cut and dry as you think. I mean, it's it's definitely both systems really have their strengths there. So and it depends on like really how you want to use your device because if portability like means anything to you then the psp has 
you know, plenty of support to justify that. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Um, and if media is of if, if any concern to you, like, well, I want to be able to just swap, swap, swap over. It'd be nice if I could have like one console with some retro games and be able to play some DVDs and stuff too. That's obviously your, you're going to be your go-to or if you just want to play on the TV period, because I'm sure there's some hookups for PSP on the TV, but it's probably not yeah, pretty. Um, the PSP go has the dock where you can have component cables into your TV. I saw that and recently. The, the 2000 and 3000. Yeah. I, I know a video you're referencing as well. <laughs> the, yeah, so. The 2000 and 3000 have that as well. The problem is it just takes it and displays it on your TV. So you have to either have a upscaler to zoom in or you need to zoom in with your TV to actually, you know, have oh, it stretch. Man. Yeah. So you could have like a TV this big and the PSP is going to take up about that much space. Lovely. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your 4K now, huh? Where's your 4K now? That's what. <laughs> so that's that's a slight pet peeve I have. I just want to be honest. When there's people who they take these old systems, like let's say, that, that don't upscale, mind you. Like they take the original Xbox and they take the um, or they take like the GameCube. There's like, yeah, this looks great on my 4K TV, or it looks great on a 4K TV of some kind. I'm like that the the, the 4K does. It's you're not upscaling it to 4K. It's you no. look at it, the info screen. It's gonna say 480p or 720p or 1080i. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sorry, I would like to see a side by side. Maybe there is like a little bit of something to it, but shouldn't be that. It depends on the processors and such as well, too, on the TV. Yeah. But like, for example, it, it's possible to get a banging 1080p TV and have your 480p content look better on there than a shitty 4K TV. That's absolutely true. We're talking about contrast, yeah. dynamic range, you know, yeah. all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of other factors and other exactly. than just pixels. Exactly. So yeah, no, that's why when people are just like, yeah, it looks great on my 4K TV. I'm like, yeah, this will also look great on a 720p TV because if, if it's a good TV, because the signal you're putting in is 480p. Yeah. There, there was one I wanted to grab up here, which was question. Do you think if PS1 emulation and a heads resolution becomes a thing on custom firmware, Sony might see that as demand for PS1 backwards compatibility on PS4 officially? I'm actually going to say no to that, mainly for the, the technical aspect, because backwards compatibility um, in the technical sense is not there on the PS4. And even so, they haven't supported at all where we've seen the PS2 emulator, the PSP emulator, of course, PSP discs you can't put in, um, but you can't download a PSP game from the PSN store and play it. The PS2 games, you have to repurchase as PS2 classics. They might do PS1 classics, but I don't think it's going to prompt them any further to do that. So um, inevitably, RetroArch will be ported over to the PS4 as a piece of homebrew. People will play their PS1 games there, and they'll have fun with it. Um, I would love to see PS1 classics in the future, but I don't think the homebrew scene is going to push that any further. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, and this is just my perception, but I think this generation, Sony seems less interested in, in kind of going back. I mean, I know we have some of the PS2 stuff on the PS4 running, but um, it, it's hard for me to to kind of see them doing that. Uh, I think their focus right now is just, you know, releasing more games um, and, and really just pulling ahead of Microsoft. Um, and I think which, that's going to continue this year, honestly. Which they've done a great job of so far. Like they're they're definitely in the lead for that. And in terms of sales, profitability, games, all that stuff. Well, and just no matter what, these things take up resources. Mm -hmm. These don't just come for free. And there's a chance, not always. It's not a guarantee, but there's some like architectural compromises that you could be forced to make to support 
PS1 or whatever, it's like, okay, do we want to emulate this? What costs come with that? How can mm-hmm. we make that performant? We got to, you know, there's, 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 these things just don't come for free. Yeah. And, and some people might say, oh, well, the Xbox One does 360 and original Xbox games for free, and they're doing backwards compatibility and all this stuff. I acknowledge that, but Xbox is also in second place, and they are trying to win over people. Yeah. Last generation, when the PS3 was lagging behind hard, Microsoft was very comfortable with where they were at, and they didn't want to give us anything. Yeah. While a Sony was doing PlayStation Plus, they're giving us all these free games, they're doing all this other stuff, they're trying to win over the consumer. This time mm-hmm. the tables have flipped. Sony's doing a good job, but they're comfortable. There's no need for them to give you free backwards compatibility, especially when they've shown that they can put out PS2 classic games and people will buy them. Exactly. If yeah. they know that you, if they know that you're going to buy them, why would they give that to you for free? Right. Yeah, and you're right about the 360. I mean, Microsoft was, you know, kicking ass back then, and they stopped the backward compatibility program in 2007. Um, I mean, they just kind of killed it, and and no one really cared that much. I mean, people were unhappy about it but everyone was like well we've still got gears of war and we've still got halo we've still got fable we've got forza so we're good you know we don't we don't really care that much and now they've invested all that money back into that program and i can just can see it grow even further which is great i mean i love the back compatibility stuff but you know i I do think that sony now that they've got such a lead in this generation um is not really going to invest that much time and money into going back into the ps1 stuff I can agree with that. Yeah, pretty much entirely. Yeah, unless they do a PS One Classic of some kind. That I, I, I was want, actually I was yeah. going to say that because I would make, want that. I made a video about that, but I would want that. Yeah, because then cool. they can make even more cash. Exactly. I mean? no. Yeah, I'm a consumer so, whore, and how? All right, I'm going to pick up the next question here. Go ahead, Valtus. Valtus. I'm always terrible with these names. Do you think security on devices is getting better or not in the wake of pin shorting and payload loading? I always thought that hacking the PSP with a battery was a funny trick. I just expect (laughs) next-gen systems to be hacked with a rubber band or something. So, yes, some of this stuff is a little ridiculous. Um, Nintendo has gotten been under a bit of scrutiny, I would say, especially, you know, I guess through, like, the last few systems, but especially, like, the 3DS with so many WebKit exploits. Um, A lot. Yeah, security is going to always be a bit of an arbitrary thing. Um, nothing will ever be unhackable, and something's only as secure as or, you know as the people who are banging on it. You know, if you got smart people that really want to get into it, then something's going to happen. However, the people behind the switch have specifically said, like when a lot of the uh, reswitch stuff really first started breaking out, we really like got a lot of like real hardcore information about how deep their stuff went. The teams were like, look, well done, Nintendo. You did a bang-up job this time. However... Because that was with um, the OS itself, Horizon yes. OS. Yep. Yes, which yeah. is like, yeah, codenamed Horizon OS, which is a, the evolution of the 3DS OS. It's kind yeah. of like, that. that is like at its roots. I don't know if it was exactly forked from it or if they kept some kind of kernel components or how deep that goes, but it is... Because the, the person we're a fan of, si- Cyrus M, that yes. gentleman, yes, beautiful gentleman. We've fan known of the show, or, or friend of the show. Yes, you know, fr- friend of the show, even though he doesn't <laughs> know us and we don't know him. But no, he had said like, yeah, the Switch hardware-wise is completely com- compromised and all that. But yeah, Horizon OS, good job. We haven't found a damn thing in this. Yeah, because right now, I mean, we do have like a WebKit exploit, you know, another another WebKit exploit with Pick a Switch that's been patched since. Um, but yeah, a lot of the like lower level, like, you know, 
I don't know if we don't have any kernel exploits that we know of or anything like that. Just some user land stuff. Yeah, that's I mean, we've got boot ROM, so that's well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that that was all because of Nvidia's issues, right? <laughs> and so it's like, wow, Nintendo, you did you did a great job. You really did your due diligence on that one. You probably learned so much from the 3DS and the Wii U. But now you get the short end of the stick because of Nvidia and their mistakes. Yep. Team Green, baby. Team Green right here. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I noticed that earlier. It's a pretty sweet shirt. <laughs> no, I so. mean, I, you know, I think to answer, I think my my kind of answer to that is um, every generation of system is going to get hacked in one way or the other. Whether things have improved over the years, I mean, I guess they have, but there's always going to be a way into these systems. And whether it's something that's easily achievable via um the, by the public as we kind of alluded to before or if it requires you know 30 wires on a motherboard and um you know a, a jtag type device or something like that it, it, it either way there's always going to be a way to get into these things and it's just i don't know if things are really have improved um over the years i mean i i, I think um every system that gets released there's always some type of exploit that gets found and you know for so many years we thought the 360 was kind of unbeatable and then all of a sudden you know the jtag comes out and everyone's like oh shit you know now i gotta i gotta solder two uh resistors on my motherboard and i'm good to go so i mean it's only a matter of time i think before um every every iteration of a console gets kind of busted open mm -hmm. and kind of similar on that note like every generation of consoles is going to have like some kind of uh, manufacturer like service mode or some kind oh, of recovery yeah. mode of some kind like that's necessary uh, like for the PSP you know the battery trick that was like a like recovery service mode the PSP would go into so they could like unbrick PSPs um, you know if it was just as easy as plugging it into USB and running some software it'd be a lot easier to find a lot easier to exploit um, but it's necessary for almost every console if not every single one of them in some shape or form because you got to get them back to the factory and reflash yeah. them fix them see what the hell's going on right refurbishing debugging all kinds yeah, of stuff the people who are going to fix these need a way to get in there yep so um you know it's kind of like we've seen recent like uh debates especially with like the senate and stuff like that here in the u.s about like encryption you know like it's like oh we need a backdoor into your encryption uh it's like well that's not really encryption anymore it's like it's not you, you can't have a back door and it's like well just make it secure it's like it just doesn't i feel like that's like having if you have a back door it's going to be a door it I, will be accessible in some way i almost feel like in some way that's like putting the most powerful lock on your door possible that money could buy and then just hide the key under the mat right some way yeah i mean yeah. Yeah. and it's like yeah this thing is impenetrable but you put the key under the mat all the time and you tell everyone that walks by that you put the key under the mat. So, or that there's a key somewhere, right? Yeah, there's a key somewhere. I bet you could never find it, <laughs> right? But yeah, so nothing is going to be impenetrable if it if it can execute code, it can be exploited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, history's shown us that every system that's been released has been exploited in some way. Um, you know, there's not there hasn't been a console. Um, although the Sega Saturn we were talking about before, you know, came pretty close, right? For so many years, um, people have now found a way to get into that as well. So, I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time, you know? Yep. We shall see. <laughs> Anybody have another question they wanted to pick up? Uh, MVG, you want to lift one? 
Uh, let's see here. What do we got? I got a question. Devin got a question. Let's throw around the questions. Why don't why don't hardware mod systems like Xbox One? What happened to hardware mods? I mean, I think normal human to answer that. Um, there's no uh, current uh, mod for the Xbox One, and I'm not I'm not really up on <laughs> going on there. Um, but Danny, you, you know, I think. There's, there's definitely work being done to try to mod the Xbox One, but as it stands of right now, the, the, you know, the security around that thing is pretty hard to, to beat. So, um, you know. And, and Microsoft knows that, and they absolutely. they designed the Xbox One with that in mind as well, too. Yeah, I mean, this is their, this is their kind of third attempt at this, right? And, you know, the first attempt was an absolute joke. The, the second <laughs> attempt was was pretty okay this one is 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 pretty secure so um will we see a mod for the xbox one we probably will at some point but you know it, it, it may be a couple of years away at least so we'll, we'll see how that goes yeah let's not forget that like yes it's you know the first couple of iterations they started out pretty poor on security probably just because they didn't really know what they were getting into but microsoft does build the most widely used by a big margin operating system out there you know they are no slouch to security they are the biggest target in the world for software stuff yeah um we're not talking about like mac os or apple doing gaming where they own like you know just a few percent market share or whatever like this they get banged on constantly all the time yeah so with the original xbox they probably just weren't expecting <laughs> that kind of uh response or acts but you know, I'm not surprised at this point that their console has been as impenetrable as it is. Yeah. My, uh, my, my smart ass r- response to that is you can mod the Xbox one, get a PC, install windows 10 and mod up your games. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the, one of the other things that they did was they gave you the kind of the developer tools. Um, so you can write, I'll say homebrew, um, you know, with, with my little quotation marks, you get like a quarter of the processing power and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, you can, they do, they do give you a, a sandbox where you can write your own. Uh, You're talking about a death mode, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, um, and I think a lot of that mitigates a lot of the um, modding you know, uh, that, that, that people are trying to get done because there are ways to, you know, to run your own code on an Xbox one. But Having said that, I mean, there's still teams out there that are, you know, looking at, at trying to defeat the the security of that thing for sure. Absolutely. We don't know the teams. We don't know who's like running them. We don't know what the status is, but no doubt it's trying to get worked on. And for all, for all we know, I mean, you know, if those teams would keep up the trends of uh, new Sony teams as well as Nintendo, you know, Maybe there's someone's waiting for a polished release. Maybe one day it'll just be like, "Hey, we kept this under wraps." You know, it's anyone anyone's speculation right now. Could be, but I, it is, it is, I think there is something to also like what you were getting at, where it was just like, if you already have some of this, it's like there's some people just do this out for pure fun, right? Um, you know, and if we have other options, we have ways of getting around this already. There's not that much to entice you. Uh, we can do what we want. And then if the other scenes are popping off as well, it's like, well, hmm. but at the same, t- at same token, there's still going to be someone who always wants to just exploit it just for the sake of doing it. So, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, that's like all the stuff that we talk about with the Switch. Yeah, those are teams just having fun with it. Yep. So, yep. I do that as well, too. I'm guilty of getting things just to maw them up and have fun with them. So, mm-hmm. yep. Let's see. Let's see. I thought there was one more that I wanted to see, but sure. I'd be down for like one more question on here. Sorry if we're cutting it a little bit I early. Think we might have actually, that was one of the ones that we were answered. So. Yeah. What does your dog think about backward compatibility? <laughs> My dog doesn't know what backwards compatibility is. I mean, she knows about dog food. If that was like a brand new dog food, I'm sure she'd nap that all up. Yeah, I mean, if there was a brand of dog food called backward compatibility, you'd be buying that in the, you know. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I'd be like, yeah, I feed my dog backwards compatibility. What do you know about that? I was actually going to say kind of as a comment on backwards compatibility, which I I always forget about this, but the PS2 really introduced it pretty well. And I know even Sega did it with, you know, their power base converter. But for the longest time, backwards compatibility was not a thing. It was just, hey, you got the new system. You can't use the old systems hardware on it. And then, you know, with the Game Boy Color with Game Boy and then like Game Boy Advance with Game Boy Color and Game Boy and, you know, the PS2 with the original PlayStation, like for several years, and it's not bad, but for several years it became standard. So then it got really weird to go backwards from that. It's one of those things. I think if systems never have backwards compatibility, there wouldn't be much of a demand. But because it was given to us and now it's been taken, we're like, no, we liked that. Because it's not even the fact that people use it. It's the idea that... If I in five years, if I feel like playing Lair on my PS4, I can take the disc off my shelf, pop it in, play it for 10 minutes and take it out. And I can do that whenever I want to. Yeah, it's when you take something away from, you know, from a consumer. That's when they get, you know, they, they're like, well, what, why are you taking away my my backward compatibility for? You know, I, I, I like that in the previous revision. So you're right. It's just an extra feature that uh, that you have. Will you, you know, will the average person use it? Probably not. They'll probably use it, you know, 0.5% of the duration of the the console that they have. But um, it's just another feature that is available to them. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I can vouch just from the companies that I've been at doing software development. Um, a lot of those times, those are not easy decisions to make. Like at all the companies I've worked at with software development, taking away a feature, yeah. like it has to be like, literally usage is just like below a one percent like no one really i mean even if it's just a small portion it's like we cannot take this away from these people um yeah so these usually are not light decisions there's a lot of thought around them i know exactly what you mean coming from a development background you take something away from someone, they uh, they start to get a little nervous about it. So yeah. you better have a good reason for it. So. Nobody likes change. I'm thinking of it more in, in the fat kid sense and ice cream. It's like you can't give someone a <laughs> scoop of ice cream. Then a few days later, you up them to two scoops and you up them to three scoops. And all of a sudden, you downgrade them back to one scoop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, you 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 kept giving me scoops. No. Like, the, the fourth time I come around, I expect an extra scoop because I want this fourth one. And I want the other three that I'm used to eating. Scaris is, is asking PS5 2019, yes or no? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Mm, Hell no yeah. to that. 2020. So, maybe. You, you think 2020? Because uh, late 2020, that'd be... And shit, that's seven years into the PS4 yeah. life cycle. So. Oh, man. Yeah. The Xbox One, I think, I'm interested to see what would happen with that because it's almost like they would just... I, I feel like these consoles are even kind of getting to a point where... 
they'll keep the same family and just release higher spec models of right. them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Especially with well, the X, and that's why I mentioned the Xbox One. Especially with that, I can foresee. Yeah, especially if it's like running some like base version of Windows 10, because Windows 10 was all about yeah. like this is going to be, you know, who knows how long if it really pans out over the next decade or two. But this is the last version of Windows. It's going to be like continuous updates from here. We're not having there. They basically said there will be no Windows 11. This mm-hmm. is the last Windows. I, I so, really think. E3 for Microsoft this year is make or break. I don't mean break as in they're going to just stop making Xboxes or get out of the hardware console market, but they have to pull some magic out this this E3 for people to really take notice. I right and right right now it's kind of sad too. Like I've told people, so um, my reasons for getting an Xbox One X are not even for Xbox One games. I would get an Xbox One X for the the two things that are enticing me are for uh, the upcoming MCC patch. If it drops and everything is like, like perfect with it, like 4K, 60 frames, solid, all that stuff, I'll get an Xbox One X. And then when I'm done playing through the Halo games, I want to play my original Xbox games on there as well, too. So my excuses for dropping $500 on this new system are not even for new crazy awesome xbox one titles because even the halo stuff that'd be the newest stuff and it's like well technically those are all games that i could play on the 360 and some of them on the original xbox Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's the same reason as me i mean that's the same you know i'm in the same boat as you and i think many other people are as well and that's that's kind of the sad part about it but um you know hopefully they'll they'll wow us at e3 and um announce some uh some you know some good reveals and we'll see where it goes from there Yep. Well said. I hate to see any competition die off, you know, and I don't think Microsoft's going to be out of the game anytime soon. I don't think anything could really weigh that hard. They could, like we said, they're a huge company. They could take losses for a while. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Xbox historically does not make the money. Right. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, this, this is the the last question I want to ground here, but I think it's a good one. So uh, Valtis says this may be a controversial question. But what do you think about the constant, I got private hacks, attention grabbing on Twitter as a whole? Do you think hackers should stay silent till dump? Uh, I don't really care. Like, I don't you, have much of an opinion yeah, on that. Like, hackers don't owe me anything. Honestly, it pisses me off more when I see people with like an entitlement, like counteracting. Constant JB win. Yeah. Or 5.53 win. Yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, it's like, hey, you sh- you shouldn't have said that. It's like, why not? They can say whatever they want. They developed it. They put in the effort. They're not stealing anyone's code. If someone was like, hey, don't leak my code. Don't show off my code. This is a test build. And they were like, look what I got. Someone gave this to me. Yeah, you know, that's kind of. So that's, you're, so you're against stealing code. Or or like just, you know, follow like people's wishes. If yeah. I'm like, hey, beta test this, but don't show it off. And you show it off. It's not stealing code. It's just like, dude, just. Yeah. That's like the only time that I would think it's bad. But like, th- these are people putting in their own work. They're probably really proud of it. And so then to get like shit on because you're not releasing it right away is like that can be much more harmful than it can be beneficial. True. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. But, you know, for me, um, kind of shit talking on Twitter or whatever it is, um, <laughs> it's it's Twitter, man. You know, it's that's what that's what it's used for. So um, whether it's controversial or they're just trying to get some attention or a bit of both. I don't know, but you know, you got, you got to take the, the, the medium or the, the social media 
of Twitter as you know, you got to take that into mm-hmm. consideration when you when you talk about these things. So that's true. It is a sad reality, um, and I think there is a difference too. I should like clarify because I think his question was or their question was a little bit vague. But you know, like they, they not someone being a dick online, like and just like teasing. Yo, I got this hack. I got this hack. I got this. Yeah, hack, I, got I mean, this hack, I got this hack. Or yeah. should they just not say anything until they dump it? No, I mean like. If you're being a dick yeah. about it, it's fine. If you're like, hey, man, I'm working on this cool thing. Like, don't ask for an ETA. I don't know when it's going to come out. I'm working on it. You know what I mean? It's it's all about your execution. So, yeah, if you're being a dick, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean? If you're not being respectful, if you're especially like if you're shitting on someone else, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, like I saw some of the stuff with the Switch stuff, which kind of made me like oh, a little bit weary because they were like. Switch was getting toxic for a little bit. Yeah, because they were just like, oh, you I think ha- it's dying off now, but it was well, now that everything's nasty. come out. But yeah, it was like, you haven't, I think it's you haven't implemented this yet. Course. You haven't gotten there yet. I think there's a phase two coming and it's going to be huge. So, um, you know, once once TX gets their thing out, um, yeah. the floodgates are going to open up, I think. so. Well, I'm hoping that everyone can just like direct all their hate towards them because they, they're well prepared to take it. They've, they're used to that. They that. That's a good point. They're, they've, like I said, <laughs> they're, they've been in the game for such a long time. They, that's where they kind of thrive on, you know, getting all the all the hate it's, thrown at them. It's promotion. Yep. Hey. So good press or any presses, good press, whatever they say. Exactly. Hey, man. Wow. Well, I got a pee long. and I'm tired. So <laughs> it's not helping that it started raining. Yeah. <laughs> Rain all over. Nice little background trickle. Exactly. Trickle, trickle. Lily's even just chilling. I got, oh, damn, I got to take her outside the rain and everything. Too. Oh, man. Oh, man. She's been good, though. She's been good, yeah, dog. Yeah, chill. Yeah. A little click clack. She tap danced for a minute, but. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, thank you, everyone, for coming out, participating, chatting with us, all that fun stuff. It has been fantastic. MVG. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. It's much appreciated. And I know you're, you've entertained the idea of coming back on already, right? Before we even started here. <laughs> yeah, I said we'll come back and we'll all wear the hats next time. So Yes, we'll I'd do be that. down for that. But yeah, yeah man, the question is, I'd love to come back um, over the summer or at some point. So um, it's, been, it's been awesome being on the, on the show. And uh, yeah, it was, thank you so much for asking me to come on. And uh, it was a good conversation. Yeah, no, it was super awesome to have you on here. It was good to meet you. Um, and I, th- I think you brought like a ton to the table. I think this was one of my favorite episodes since I've been a co-host on here. So. For sure, for sure. So I think we'd both love to have you back. But the one thing we'll need to figure out is, are we all wearing the same kind of hats you are? <laughs> or we'll have to mix it up a little bit, maybe. I yeah. <laughs> Get like a fedora in there, a beret. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and be Notch. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Every all of my responses will be I developed Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> Milady. I could, I, could, I could wear this uh NVIDIA shirt and an AMD hat or something just to really confuse people. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. Just mix it up a little bit, you know. Just get people team red. green, team red, you know. Exactly. Hey, it's okay. No matter what happens, we've got some killer moderators in the chat to keep it for sure. Keep it, held down so. yeah no the moderators have been great so thank you all like you know, the moderators always hold down. yeah absolutely yeah, I really definitely appreciate them gotta give them a shout out sure. they're putting the work 
for sure for sure anyways I, i'm about to tap out here pretty soon so you know if if anybody is watching this is or if you're listening this is going to be available on youtube on my channel mr mario 2011 uh, we look forward to seeing any of your comments constructive criticism any of that fun stuff to the chat thank you so much for coming out as always we do these live shows you know uh once a month or so so if you can come out, fantastic. If not, we, we look forward to you another time. Now, MVG, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on YouTube at Modern Vintage Gamer, uh, Twitter at Modern Vintage G, and Facebook Modern Vintage Gamer. Just just Google me. You'll find me. And I'll, mm -hmm. I'll have your links down below in the description on YouTube as well. So I was actually going to ask, what's up with the Modern Vintage G on Twitter? And thank you for the $2 mod uh, shot. Um, I don't know if it's changed, but... When I tried to create the username Modern Vintage Gamer, it would wouldn't let me type that many characters in, so I just kind of cut it off at the G. So I, I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna leave it at that. So okay, change now because I know Twitter's in a old, you know, in a rapid rate of change almost every day. They're pushing out new things for it, but um, when I set it all up, it's like it doesn't let me add, finish the characters. So I just yo, we got 280 it. characters per tweet now. Those 280 you characters in a username. <laughs> can you not change your username no actually i have in the past yeah i was about to say you can change your at yep i have your yeah, it's not like this is playstation network what are we talking about i don't know how long though i haven't i haven't pushed that so. but yeah, I'll, I'll try again see if i can change it but it's i've had it for such a long time now i'm just gonna leave it the way it is so i gotcha it confuses people when you change your uh your at so yeah, I, I totally understand that. Yeah, I, I see that. Like, I follow someone on Twitter, Instagram. They're completely different. I'm like, I don't know who you are. I'm unfollowing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and on that note, um, what was it? It's been about a year now, maybe a little bit. I guess more than that now because of how long I've been on the show. But I went through like a kind of like a username rebranding or I picked a new username. So mine is uh, thankfully consistent across my services, at least at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me on Twitter um on Steemit and as well as youtube um and that's all at paranoid coder awesome and devin you've been doing a really good job so far with your monthly videos everyone check out check out devin as well too paranoid coder his his youtube channel is going to be down below in the description as well too uh december we said you need to do like here's a challenge one video every month you've been four for four so far so may's not over yet so. yeah there is Thank you. There's yeah. been some late nights on the last day of the month, mostly oh, yeah. self-inflicted, I will admit. But, you know, there's definitely been some some decent amount of effort involved. Um, there's definitely, I've enjoyed it a lot. But you your know. phone, everything's gotten better. Like there were times, like I remember the first night because I helped you with that video and that was just horrible with what we were doing. And then oh, the thanks. last time you texted me, well. you were just like, oh yeah. Uh, you're just like, well, I got all the raw footage and I still need to cut it and upload it. And like 30 minutes later, I saw you upload. I was like, what the damn yeah and i had like a <laughs> hundred times the cuts that my last one did too yeah so yeah, yeah i like definitely i'm getting in the groove i'm getting my flow going so it feels good it, it's um, right man especially um when you're starting out and uh you know one video a month it doesn't sound like much but you know all three it comes of us and goes can, so quick yeah all three of us can appreciate how much time goes into making a video and um you know it's especially when you got other things and we all do have uh, uh, other things going on in our lives it's it's tough. It's tough to to kind of stick to a schedule sometimes and get get things out. So. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think this was your intent, but you know the the extra bit of pressure because I had been talking about this. You know, maybe not every time we talked, but you know I had talked about this countless times. So it was a nice kick in the rear. Yeah, I'm happy you accepted the challenge. So, by the way, I don't want you to feel forgotten, but Valtus, thank you for the two pounds. 
very much appreciate thanks for answering guys been a fun listening well yeah i don't know why you're thanking us thank you for being in the chat hey, and participating that's what makes it fun yeah it's a party yeah come back i mean we'd come love back. to have everyone in the chat <laughs> makes it, it makes the chat and know, that's makes- pounds as well too so obviously he's pay, paying overseas across the pond and that dude's up at like four or five in the morning right now man this guy's yeah. the real mvp over here Jeez, for yeah. sure yeah anyways this is mr mario signing off thank you all for watching and listening everyone and uh till next month's mod chat see you later thanks guys